Hi everyone, Sam here, one half of The Running Men. Thanks very much for tuning into the show. If you like what we do, make sure that you like and follow us wherever you found the podcast. It really, really helps. We're also on social media and you can find us in all the usual spots there. Enjoy the show. Very, very welcome this fine day to the Running Men. I'm Sam, one half of the Running Men. I'm here with my good mate Dan, who is the other half. Daniel, how are you today, son? Greetings all. Greetings, Sam. Looking forward to today's first ever episode. Very yes. exciting. Very exciting. Number one, baby. Number one. And the very first film we are going to review on the podcast, The Running Men, is, of course, 1987's Running Man. Now, mate... Uh, uh, this is one that's been a big one for me. I mean, look, it's one of my favourites. It's not the best action movie, but that's why we're reviewing it. Have you? Presumably, you would have seen this one back in the day before you did the rewatch for the pod. I did, mate. I did. Uh, I don't know if you can remember back in the day when you used to go and get um, good old VHS videotapes. I used to have a bit of a trick with my parents where I'd I'd put like the R eighteen. Uh, action movies at the bottom and then probably something PG at the top of the stack. Uh, so as you're going through the checkout, I would be able to sneak them in. Um, and, and I remember Running Man being one of those. Yeah. Um, and I mean, look, this was definitely in the category. Look, my parents, I don't know how strict yours were with movies growing up. Um, this is one of the ones that there's no fucking way I would have been allowed to even look at the cover of this one, let alone watch it. 100%. Um, and look, that's what kind of makes it such a good film and you know back when you're a kid and, you, and you're watching these you think that the violence is, is pretty you, you think it's a serious movie and you look back at it again and it's just so over the fucking top and it's yeah. just a nice starting point for us with the podcast so Indeed. I'll give you a bit of context on the on the film there uh, so Running Man can't separate it from the man himself Arnold Schwarzenegger and I think in the pantheon of 1980s action stars Arnold is at the top he's Zeus and no one comes close uh, you know, Stallone, Van Damme, Lundgren, fucking Seagal. You know, we could have a whole pod, have a podcast on Seagal alone. Schwarzenegger's number one. All right. And to understand the context of this film when it came out, he was arguably, aside maybe when Terminator 2 came out, arguably at the top of his fucking game. He so let me give you a shit. list of movies. Let, yeah, he was the fucking shit. 
Um, so let me give you a list of the movies that have sort of come out within a kind of four-year radius of this one. We had The Terminator out in 1984. We had probably my favourite action film. I know you're going to Command- say it. Commander. I knew it. I knew it. You knew Commander, it? Commander, yeah, 100%. 1985. Well, we all love to let off some steam while we 100%. watch that one. That Who year, doesn't now, like villains with a, with a huge moustache? I mean, it's part and well, parcel. Well, yeah, and we actually do get a bit of that in, in The Running Man as well. Um, then we had, of course, Predator, which is a serious, as serious a movie as you'd get from Arnie in this, you know, at this time. And it's an iconic film for a few different reasons. And look, that's probably one we'll have to do on an anniversary show, I think, because there's just so much to it, so much trivia to it as well. It's going to be a two-parter, mate, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then you had, um, so Predator came out in June and then The Running Man came out the following November. So Arnie, we've got to understand, was absolutely fucking shitting it in. And when we think of Schwarzenegger in our minds, this is the Arnie that we remember. So it's kind of interesting that you get this movie that's not quite as good as some of the other ones while Arnie's at the peak of his powers. And he's taken the fucking piss in the This is, he's taken the piss here. He's having fun. So, so just in terms of the, the some of the credits there, so it's directed by P- Paul Michael Glasser, who was actually Starsky in Starsky and Hutch. And it was written by, again, like another guy who is a, a massive name in action film, which is Stephen E. D'Souza. And he wrote, he's responsible for writing some of the all-time greats. And on the other hand, he is responsible for some of the biggest pieces of shit that has ever been have ever been made in the film. <laughs> so I'll give you a little running list, mate, and I'll, I'll let you know some of the films. If I just scan down the, the old IMDb, and I'll let you know some of the, the, the jewels in Stephen E. D'Souza's crown, both in terms of actual hits, but also some absolute fucking garbage. So you ready? Shoot. Okay. Knight Rider, 1982. Fantastic. Love it. Commando, 1985. Die Hard. Classic. Die Hard 2. Hudson fucking Hawk. Oh, well. Look, Beverly we Hills. That too. Beverly Hills Cop. 3. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. 3. Arguably. 3, though. Well, a piece of shit. When the fucking okay. microwave's in the. Look, anyway. Okay, here's one, you know, we'll have... <laughs> we're into the 90s now, but still. Street Fighter. Wow. Judge Dredd. Uh, uh, okay, and like he did some other, other bullshit, you know, like in between there as well, the Flintstones and, you know, Tomb Raider and things like that. So this is the guy we're dealing with, and that's the guy that wrote the screenplay for this. So again, like he's action movie royalty... But I'd say, without having to look up his name too far, he picked up a couple of Razzies along the way as well. When you look at movies like Hudson Hawk, um, that sort of thing. So, but still, also, mate, uh, in terms of the uh, the film and the screenplay, it was based on a book. Does the name Richard Barkman mean anything to you at all? It doesn't actually, um, but it does sound a bit sus. Yeah, maybe so, like a made-up, stupid made up, yeah. fucking name. Yep. <laughs> made-up name, potentially, yeah. Yeah, so in the early 1980s, I think the story goes, without, again, looking it up, but you know, I don't really look much up ever anyway, but 
from what I know, there was a very successful author who wanted to kind of litmus test, would people still buy his books if they didn't have his name written in big print, you know, on the front cover, bigger than the title of the book itself. So Stephen ah, King changed Stephen his name to King. Richard yeah, Richard Barkman. And it's one of these Barkman books. So The Running Man is, is written by him. And we know King wrote a load of short stories and books that were made into to a whole range of movies. You know, some really good, some, again, I mean, best not to mention at this Questionable. stage. <laughs> Questionable at best. All right. So that's kind of the background there. And look, I could go through the cast there, but we'll kind of come across the, the cast members. And there's a few, couple of famous names in the film, but we'll get to them as we, as we go through the show notes. So... Let's talk about how they set the scene for us. And we've got to close our eyes, Daniel, and cast our minds forward and imagine what the future would be like in 2017. So let's picture it. And we're actually helped along by the, the kind of, not quite the Star Wars, well, it is, it's kind of Star Wars style text kind rolling down Star the screen. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to fill us in on that the world's shit. Uh, there's no oil, petrol price is a bit high. There's fuck no all food. food. Yep. No Everyone's hungry and fucking it's angry and pissed off all the time. And, you know, you can't fucking do anything. It's a totalitarian, classic sort of like, you know, um, copy and paste totalitarian state. You know, big, you know, big brother style TV screens everywhere telling you what to do and reading the news. And, you know, at least people are well informed on the propaganda because there seem to be TV screens and radio announcements Massive TV all the fucking time actually. throughout yeah. this movie. And it's actually a device they... I actually think it's a device they use pretty successfully to move the plot along. So anyway, so that, that's what, you know, it, it, we see that text on screen and it's fucking terrible. I'm not going to read out the whole thing, but that's the idea. I mean, the world's fucking shit and, you know, you can't do anything. So we have a situation where we see the city and we see the chopper and Schwarzenegger's in this chopper piloting it and how the fuck this man manages to have a helicopter in every second one of his movies when he barely fits in a fucking helicopter. I don't know how he fits. I have no idea yeah. how he fits. Yeah. But he's in there and he's having a pretty good day at first and, you know, he's cruising along and he's got his sort of cronies in the helicopter with him and he's using the kind of Commodore 64 Atari fucking computing system. And oh, cutting the, edge. Yeah, 2017. And... He notices that there's a food right. You know, people are fucking hungry and they're living in squalor and sh- shitty, you know, they're trying to get through their shitty lives and they've had enough, so they're riding and there's there's 1,500 civilians there and he, you know, kind of chats with HQ and HQ wants him to execute Plan Alpha. Now, Daniel, how many letters are there in the... Well, what's the first letter is a better question of the Greek alphabet? Number one's Alpha, mate. Yeah, so... My understanding is that this is such a totalitarian, shoot first, ask questions later style government that the first fucking way you respond to 1,500 people writing is deploy a helicopter to murder every last one of them. And that's what that's what Richards is asked to do, Ben Richards. So, you know, I, I keep... I'm in the habit of calling him Arnie. The character's name is Ben Richards. Stupid fucking name. But anyway... um. So, Arnie goes from zero to 100 in about 20 seconds. And he is fucking pissed. Erupts. So, yep. we heard this... We heard, yeah, erupts, yeah. And we heard the soundbite uh, from earlier on. 
He says, to hell with you. And the lieutenant in the chopper is asked to apprehend Richards. And then Richards starts to kick some good old-fashioned Austrian-American fucking ass in the middle of the sky in the helicopter. And I've got to just give props to the punch sound effects here. They are... You just don't get sound effects in movies like that anymore. Cutting edge. It sounds like someone is hitting a pool of water with a fucking cricket bat every time someone gets punched in the face. It's amazing. Yep. And I mean, the sound doesn't change. Punch in the face, punch in the stomach, karate chop. It's all the same. Yeah, well, one would think that a different body part would necessitate a different sound effect, but... Oh, look, I suppose every movie has to run to a budget, doesn't it? So so anyway, unfortunately, uh, Richards, he comes off second best in this brawl with the four, three or four crew members. And again, uh, props to the excellent, excellent moustache of the helicopter crew member that apprehends him. And this is a guy who has a small but important role and he took it pretty seriously. And now my apologies to this gentleman if his accent actually is his own accent. I suspect that he had done a bit of an acting class and he's put on this southern New Orleanian bio, whatever the fuck it is, someone out there might know yeah. what kind of an accent it's actually meant to be. He's taking it seriously. So he knocks Arnie out and then we cross cut to the prison that Arnie, that, that Richards, my apologies, has been sent to and we see people toiling in the fields working in these, again, shitty, squalid conditions in this prison camp, sort of like the Amazon warehouse um, that you'd get in 2022. And Lots of steam, and, lots of smoke. Yes, steam, smoke. People look crusty. Know, kind of, and I think quite deliberately as well, everyone who is in this prison is not in very good physical... I, mean, I mean, I suppose from a directorial point of view, they're meant to be emaciated and everything, but I mean... We know why they're all skinny or out of shape and they look weak and everything. What's the purpose of that? To make Arnie look fucking swole as fuck. And he does when he gets gets there, okay? so 100%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is vintage primo Schwarzenegger. So, you know, I mean, you know. So, Richards is carrying this massive steel beam on his own just because, you know, we have to know that he's got these Herculean attributes of strength. And we first hear of the show of the running man as the guards, these Nazi fucking guards are, are talking about what they're going to get up to on the weekend or whatever. And they're talking about watching the running man. And yeah. And we hear this great line, which in no way is a cliche and is completely original screenwriting. Thank you. Uh, um, Mr. Souza, fresh meat arrives. And <laughs> there's a little bit of a death star in floor with the prison here, mate insofar as to let anyone in or out of the fields that the prisoners are toiling in, you know, in their filthy, oily rags and, you know, everything like that, you have to shut the whole force field down around the prison. So to get in or out, there's this force field and the prisoners have collars around their necks. Um, That's right. Yep. Yep. And if you step outside of the prison with this collar on, it'll beep a few times to give you a warning. And if you do not heed that warning... Well, we'll find Look out, out what happens. Well, yeah, we'll find out what I happens. I think we also yeah. we also need to mention that um, Stephen Segal, uh, Stephen Segal, Arnie or Benjamin Richards, um, yep. for that matter, yep. at the very opening scene, has the worst beard I've ever seen. It looks like 
pubes that are super glued on his face. I don't think he can grow a bit. I mean, nowadays we can see it, but I think when he was young, he couldn't grow one, so they just put a bit of pube on his face and sort of trimmed it. It's it's a horrible beard. Um, yeah. <laughs> definitely worth mentioning, and also worth mentioning is the guards. So they're wearing um, respirator masks, 1980s safety glasses that you could probably get up from Bunnings for a couple of bucks these days or a hardware store. Um, inside in pitch black, they're wearing sunglasses and helmets, of course. Um, the respirators also change their voices, uh, which is also an interesting point. Um, it's just bizarre. Yeah, really rare. But again, it's that view of the future. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that is so... I mean, I remember 2017 well, and when I was in the prison uh, toiling away, moving steel beams around, I mean, that's what it was like, man. That's what it was like. Yeah, 100%. And they fucking nailed it. They nailed it. And Back to so, those little things you were saying. So what happens... What 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 are you wearing that gets detected, Sam, when you leave that barrier? There's no now keep keep in mind there's no fence. No. It's like a a round circle with a red and a green light and yeah, you know, no fence. But if you what what so what, maybe explain the what what they wear, Sam, and why what happens there. Well, it's like a kind of a a dog collar sort of thing, isn't it? And yeah, I mean. Look, we'll get to the. I think we'll get to the force field in it. There's some great computer wizardry that permeates this entire film. Actually, uh, things like satellites. There's source codes. There's all this sort of. Now, no one in the fucking 1980s knows what a source code was, or you know. But this was. You know, so they've obviously got some computer consultant to fill in the, you know, the gaps about how computers work and, and that sort of thing. Someone but, um, from IBM sort of dropped by the the studio. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Um, or the same people, you know, that designed the Commodore 64 computer on the helicopter might have helped out with that as well. So, oh. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's that. Basically, they open up the prison and the fresh meat arrives and the shields are deactivated and then we, we, we hear an announcement because everything in this society has to be announced publicly on a loudspeaker and we hear that the sonic... Uh, dead. I think they call it the Sonic Deadline is back on. Sonic Deadline, okay? And it is a deadline. We'll find out, uh, courtesy of young Chico, we'll find out exactly why it's called a deadline. Poor Chico. Yeah. And then, so the, the prisoners haven't just been working all day. Prisoners are doing what prisoners do best and they're kind of scheming and, and figuring out a plan to get the, the fuck out of that shitty, um, you know, compound that they're in, that they're working away in. And a fake melee breaks out. And I will say, actually, a bit like the punches and that sort of thing before, the the gun effect, the sound of the gunfire is really fucking cool. For a 1980s movie, I mean, you don't want to sound gunfighter. You don't want to hear anything different to that. So in this moment, we get our first of many, many, many... I, The creme de la creme of stupid fucking one-liners... A hundred percent. It's riddled with it. And we get the first one to the effect of, can I give you a lift, I think was the quote or thereabouts. And Arnie throws someone in the air or whatever, something fucking stupid like that. So anyway, so this fight's broken out and you've got all these guards standing around talking shit about watching TV and everything wearing their stupid costumes. When it comes down to it, they're fucking absolutely useless. You know, they can't control, you know, what's going on and they can't hit any you know a few people get shot but not many you know 
you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's not exactly a small target, and they can't fucking kill him. So we see the, you know, the fight break out, and Richards is there, and he gets an assault rifle, which is pretty lucky, you know, and he's just firing this thing one-handed, just to, again, show how swollen and fucking strong he is. You can fire this thing, you know, most people would be affected by the recoil, but he's so fucking strong because he's Absolutely putting the hours at the gym, and he's been moving these big steel beams around, so he's still... Sw- I mean, I don't know how he got the adequate nutrition, but, you know, to, you know, maintain his physique in the prison, because everyone else, he's obviously stealing other people's food. Um, I reckon he's, I reckon he's, yeah, st- standing over people for food, yeah. Yeah, in the, yeah, in, you know, the old, look, anyway. <laughs> so, he's doing that, and yeah, so it's this feat of strength, you know, it's his Gold's Gym training you know, he's been nice and swollen. He can hold the assault rifle up and shoot all these pieces of shit Nazi guards. So then, you know, they they run over and there's some tenuous discussion about an uplink or a code or something like that for the for the shield. Um, and unfortunately, even though there's an announcement that I think set up, I can't quite recall this as well. I should re- really rewatch it, but. It seems like the shield's down, but they find out that the shield is not actually down. So it was a Wi-Fi issue or something like that. Might be, yeah, it might be playing up. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, they went with fucking Vodafone instead of, you know, whatever. But um, so they run outside. There's dead bodies fucking everywhere. And the perimeter, they say it's deactivated, you know. Um, unfortunately for Chico he doesn't listen to everyone when he tells him that the deadline is still up and they're yelling and saying, hey, fucking get back here, dickhead. You know, you're going to... You know, yeah, stop. It's not strife. off. It's Come not on. off. Come on, And mate. they're frantically they're, they're frantically trying to upload that code and trying to deactivate the gate. Yeah, And, and Ch- exactly. Chico's just got no idea because it's going, it's on, it's off, it's on, it's off, and he's exactly. sort of, he's running for it. He gets white line fever, doesn't he? And he's just fucking running he for does. it. He does. And, you know, I think, um, unfortunately... Unfortunately for, for Chico, he um, is quite spectacularly uh, killed when his head explodes like... He's a, a, yeah, his head explodes. Yeah. Like yep. a watermelon at a Gallagher uh, stand-up comedy gig. He is... Again, like, when you talk about the over-the-top violence, it is just... As a fan of that genre, it is fucking magnificent. It just and, pops. Yeah. There's bits oh, of hair everywhere. It's, it's fantastic. Brains. And that... And it, and, you know, and that nostalgia when I was a kid and I saw that. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid, that's like, oh, oh that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and that's why your parents don't let you watch those movies. Um, 100%. So anyway, 100%. fortunately, they fuck around with the computer a bit more. They deactivate the sonic deadline and they make a run for it. And the next thing we see, it cuts to the city skyline and the lads have successfully escaped and we don't see Richard straight away, but we see some of the other little dweebs that he was hanging around with. And Yeah, he's got a couple see, of henchmen. He has the henchmen, and the henchmen, um, yeah, they're walking around. It's kind of like a Blade Runner-y kind of looking streetscape, isn't it? But a or like a caravan street. park, like yeah. a carny, carny showground kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's got a bit of that on it, doesn't it? It's And it, it's sort of, you know, they're, they're wandering around and, you know, um, and then they meet one of the lads as well. Um, and there's a great line, bit of banter between the... And I love that, you know, there's good good banter in the film already between the lads, which is really nice. And they... 
you know, they meet up with their contact, these prisoners, and Richards isn't isn't quite... I don't think we see Richards yet. And, you know, there's a hilarious... I don't know if you were laughing as much as me at this one, Dano, but there's a hilarious joke made um, by Stevie. And Stevie does... Back, you know, he's a minor character in the film. He, he does, does come back yeah, he does make a couple on. of appearances. Yeah. And Stevie offers to sell the fellas a hot stereo. And this is fucking hilarious. So they're all laughing. Good on you, Stevie. <laughs> And look, one thing actually I do like about this movie is the way that they do the public service announcements. Um, yeah, in the know, background, like it's sort of in the background, just to just to remind you that, that planet Earth is shit. And there's this one where they want you to dob in your mates and your family and bring justice to the enemies of the state. And yeah, double points like, for family members and stuff like that. Yeah, now like, double rations or something. Yeah, it's sort of like when you used to get encouraged to dob people up for, you know, ripping off the doll before they got a robot to do it um, with Centrelink in Australia there. But so the running man we see there cuts over, there's a, this big screen and it's in public. And I think the point of this is that the running man, yes, it's entertainment, but it also serves as a deterrent for crime. So it's there showing you that Big Brother, the state's watching you and, you know, there's free TV. And you to get punished. Yeah, you're going to get punished. You'll, you'll get punished. You go on this show. But, I mean, ostensibly, though, as well, Daniel, one of the contradictions is you actually, if you win, well, theoretically, we'll get to this a little bit later on, but if you win the running man, you actually get a That's free right. to live in Hawaii forever. So let's just you say can that get, you, you, you... There's yeah. a few things you can get. You can get, uh, you can get let go. You can get, uh, you can get a trial by jury. That's an important one. Mm-hmm. A trial, you're enabled to get a trial by duty. I think we should also mention his uh, henchman or his or, or or Ben Richards' would be sidekicks this early <laughs> in the game. So there's yeah, the, the there's a guy yeah. called Lachlan. I, th- yep, I think is a Lachlan. Just I'll pause pause you there just before and you Louise. go. Um, I'm really glad that you got those names because I heard them once and I didn't even bother to write them down after it. They are such interchangeable cardboard fucking characters. But please, Dan, Dano, continue on. Continue on. So there's... I think there's a Lachlan um, who, when the prison break started, they they pretended to have a bit of a fight to draw... I, I don't know what they did that for, but they had a bit of a fight to draw the attention of the guards and then everyone tooled up and then sort of overcome the guards. So yep. there's like the Lachlan guy who's... Um, and I've got a, just a side note. Uh, if you've ever seen a goldfish with those huge eyes that go out and rotate around. He's, he kind of looks like that. And then you've got his other henchman, which is, I think is Weiss or Weiss. Yep. He literally looks like, uh, he literally looks like Stephen King. And for a lot of the movie, I actually thought that that, 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 that actually was Stephen King, believe it that or not. That was his role, um, yeah. Um, and yeah, and he's, not- he's the tech guy. He's like the, yeah. he's like the tech, technician guy, the computer yeah. analysis guy. The fucking so, dog, yeah. And yeah, he's the dork. Yeah, exactly right, he's and he's kind of, and he's weak as well. You know he's going to die. Oh, he's Let's be honest. I'm I'm actually yeah. surprised he does. You know he's in the movie, and I'm surprised he doesn't die virtually straight away. But he makes it, and that actually brings up an interesting motif throughout the film. Daniel, the juxtaposition, the contrast between dweeby, dorky, kind of pencil neck, geeky, you know, pencil pushes, and Schwarzenegger in all his fucking swole glory it happens a few times you know we've got these dorky dweeby characters and Arnie's kind of your every man that comes along and kind of overpowers them with his sort of common sense and brute physical strength so 
Yeah, he's and, an interesting... And he's justice. He's eye for well, justice, let's be honest. Oh, sorry, of course. I mean, yeah, that's the, the major theme. It, it's, you know, the manner in which justice prevails over autocracy, of course, Daniel, um, in this fine, fine film. Uh, yeah, and let's so, be honest. At this yeah. at this stage, he's still on the run because now he's known as the butcher of Bakersfield. Oh, of course, I forgot. So yeah. he's had his prison run, and now he's wanted as the butcher of Bakersfield. Now we know at the start <laughs> that he didn't do anything. However, Does everyone he's else been framed. Believe he's it been or not, he's been framed. Those they yeah the the, the state have used their propaganda to, you know, persecute this man, Ben Richards, the butcher of Bakersfield. Yep. So mate Now um, what about what happens yeah, with their yeah. collars, Sam? Because they've 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 left with their collars. Well yeah, so they have their is, collars on their neck. Yeah, yeah. So the the lads the reason they've met up with um Stevie is who wears a beret and I think there's another fella around there also wearing a beret. I don't know if that's meant to signify that there are some rank in the paramilitary rebel organisation or berets are meant to be cool. I don't know. Everyone kind of looks like the backup dancers in the Beat It uh, video clip. Pretty uh, much. Michael Jackson. And so they're getting their collars taken off, removed by this sort of wizened old man. Um, and It's called know, we... Mick. His name's Mick. Is it Mick? Right, yeah. Again, like it's I... It's Mick. I didn't, he's a f- and... I didn't expect to see this guy in the movie uh, uh, again. Uh, uh, after this bit but he's I've got a funny he's like the resistance leader and just a little bit of trivia for everyone (laughs) Mick in The Running Man is actually Mick Fleetwood the drummer and uh, original founder of Fleetwood Mac uh, which I could not get over um, when I found that out what? why? if you see his costume and facial prosthetics or whatever they did to his face they try to make him not look like Mick Fleetwood I don't know why but Bit of trivia for everyone there. Yeah, that was quite a suppose, shock. Like I was kind of asking why, but then I'm thinking if you're Mick Fleetwood, why not go in a movie? You know, maybe he, maybe he hates um, propaganda. Maybe he hates the idea of. Maybe he wanted to be in this movie to make a difference to the world. I don't know. I don't know. Could be. But, so we hear a nice little line there. Truth hasn't been very popular lately, and you know that's referring actually, as you correctly pointed out, to the fact that he's now the butcher of Bakersfield, and he's been sort of you know. Uh, vilified unfairly because, you know, he wanted to save all the innocent people, but, you know, they wanted him to enact Plan Alpha and he just wouldn't have a bar of it. So, now this old guy, Mick, I think, I think is it Mick, whatever the fuck his name is, you know, uh, this wizened old man, you know, the guy who remembers what shit was like before the world went to shit, I think that's kind of his angle there. And he refers to the code or this uplink or something. It doesn't really fucking matter. Like, I mean... You know, it's some ten lazy writing, tenuous thing that you know they there's a code that they get, um, which we'll we'll move on to later because it is an important plot point. Where they find the code is uh, baffling, but anyway. So we know a lot more about coding. You know, it doesn't really to me. It doesn't really make sense that you hide the code in a physical lo- like. I would have thought that it would be. Oh, oh look, I I don't know. I don't know. So the old fella... It's 2017, you never know, man. Well, that's it. You never know. Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, you know, my dad writing all these passwords for everything, Dan, and leaving it on the the kitchen bench. You know, look, anyway, so so the old fella checks the collar, takes it off, chucks it down the drain, um, which, you know, like, if you don't have any drain, I I was thinking that's a nice um, nice way to 
get rid of the old get rid of the old um Explosive well, collar in the, in the <laughs> U-bend yeah that's it um, and he accuses Richards of being the butcher of Bakersfield and again we see this theme that propaganda's muddying the waters here's this guy this everyman he's a normal guy Dan Richards just like you and me just a normal he's an average guy bloke. mate average, average show. guy you know um, and he the, the state are using propaganda against him so it kind of feeds into that kind of new world order motif again through the piece that you know the, the big state is always kind of oppressing the little man that just wants to go about his business and fly a helicopter and shoot people you know yeah, 100%. Eth- ethically, ethically so so Methuselah yeah he wants to fucking kill Richards and he says that he's seen too much Richards gives you know the old mate a nice hip and shoulder reality check and tells him that his life's work as a revolutionary has been a complete fucking waste of time and he says don't bother you never going to change anything you know you're a waste of space and a piece of shit or whatever. Um, and Pretty much says, sums yeah, it up. Yeah, give me a break and, and shut up. And the old fucker just says, nothing worth losing your head over. And Schwarzenegger's there. And somehow in this world when there are oil shortages and there's no food, like people literally in two scenes ago have been riding because there's no food. He's somehow found a fine Cuban cigar and he's smoking on that. And yes, I mean he goes outside. I'm going to put that back to his standover in prison yeah, when okay, he was hustling prison, for food course, and smoking. No, you're dead yeah. right, dead right. Yeah. So should have killed know, it off a guard. One of the twenty guards he killed, maybe maybe, maybe took it off him or yeah, something. Yeah, um, while they were putting getting the sonic deadline deactivated, or you know, kind of picking up um, picking up Chico's cerebral cortex from the fucking I don't know. So anyway. And so the world basically looks like a nicer version of Skid Row, um, except there's a bar in a tent. And Arnie's Gold's Jim Singlet has survived the economic collapse. He's wearing that. And he departs with these words of wisdom. He leaves. So they're done. The collars are off. They've successfully escaped. And he says, stay out of the national database and stop trying to teach the Constitution to the, to the street punks. <laughs> Which I thought was good advice. Because <laughs> those street punks, they don't want to fucking know about the Constitution, Dano. Um, so then Richards is going to meet his brother and piss off. He says he's not into politics, he's into survival. So again, he's the everyman. And you know what else he's into? About this shit. He, yep. He's also into hats, mate. I mean, i got to weigh in here yeah. with a hat. Where yeah. he got the Bob the Builder yellow hat from is beyond yeah. me. Yeah, I mean... You he has the up. Bob the Builder hat. You could line him up next to the police officer and the Indian and the, you know, all of that in the... Pretty much. Um, Pretty, I mean, uh, it, it yeah. was bizarre. Yeah, and look, the costumes, again, in this film are baffling. Baffling. So anyway, but there he is. So he, I mean, it, ostensibly, again, like, he's wearing the hard hat to kind of fit in. But then, if the economy's collapsed, I'd assume that there aren't any construction jobs... You know, clearly, because everyone's living in tents. Well, and prison labour does most of the construction. Well, exactly. (laughs) So then, plus the fact that the man is fucking enormous. I mean, you know, there's a couple of times in the movie again, like, he must have just been laughing, where they... He's dressing up to fit in, but he's not fitting in. So, Richards is going, um, and then we cross... uh, And this cross-cutting keeps going on through the film from now, and we see Richards' narrative, and then we see the narrative from the producers of The Running Man... And we get this red limo. It arrives outside this big pyramid office, and I'm nearly sure I've, I'm nearly sure I've seen this set somewhere else in another movie before, but I just can't put my finger on where. 
but I'm, if anyone out there oh, knows... It looks a little... Yeah, yeah I was thinking Die weird. Hard, maybe. Oh, like, yeah, knackered. What, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, but anyway, I have seen it somewhere before, right? So um, the crowd's cheering, and we see our host get out, our host. And, you know, he gets out, people are cheering, and the way that they set up the host of The Running Man and, you know, add to his characterization, I quite enjoy it. You know, they're not subtle about it but I quite enjoy it. And, you know, the host is there discussing his ratings and, you know, the ratings, you know, they've plateaued or they've levelled off or whatever and he, you know, wants the show to be very successful because he's very, look, if anything, he's very conscientious and cares a lot about the ratings, you know, and he wants to do a good job, of course. So uh, the cleaner bumps into him and he very graciously sort of apologises <laughs> and says, oh, I'm sorry, sir, I didn't mean to. And, yeah, the old fella. And, yeah, the, the host is like, oh, no worries, mate, no problem. And then, you know, he gets in the elevator and, and fires him. So we get this idea already that he's this sort of two-faced, duplicitous, low-dog... Creature, reptile. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Low-dog piece of shit. So, <laughs> so then it cross-cuts back to Richards, and he's got his construction worker outfit on, and we hear once again, and I didn't mention this before, actually, but one thing I do love about this film is that the, the soundtrack, the score for the film... It's just, it could not have tried any harder to have, uh, to be like a dodgy, dystopian 1980s soundtrack. It is brilliant. I love it. It's golden. I actually genuinely love, love the soundtrack. So, and we have another electronic computer voice security code accepted and Rich, Richard's come. Yeah. 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 Now, can we just touch on the security, just yeah. on the security code? And, and, and like you were saying, this is outside his brother's apartment. So I, I want you guys to look at a... Just just think about a key code that says 1234567891. I, I just want to put this out there. The code to his brother's apartment is 445566. Probably the first code I'd try. Well, I'm just going to put that out yeah, there. Yeah, I mean... The so... He's obviously very, very strange. He's one of these haves rather than the have-nots, I suppose. He's not living in a tent. He's living in a nice apartment. Maybe it's just so nice there. And you know, like how they'd say, so there's anyway, no crime Richard in North Korea because you're too scared and to maybe you know. Well, sorry, Ed maybe Richards like is in the house and Ed was scared to do a bird. And then we cut back maybe to the host, why Steve uh, Damien Killian. About Killian. The car radio was so him, funny, and he's been just a nice guy. He's you know kind of working his people and saying, hey, what's going on, all that sort of shit. And we see uh, Tony and Tony Daniel. Did he ring a bell to you at all? Loads of shit. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Fuller, he's in loads. Yeah, yeah. He's in, um, geez, he was in Ghostbusters, all this sort of stuff. It was his first credited film role. He uh, did, he's been in a lot anyway. of stuff. So he's anyway, Killian's telling the Justice head. Department to go fuck themselves. And <laughs> it's probably how I describe it. Yeah. The Justice Department a bit weird in this movie because it's a dictatorship. The Justice Department have some sort of sway over things, and he gets more and more concerned about the Justice Department as the music goes on. Um, now he's a villain, but looks like he's accountable to someone, which is interesting as well. So we know that Killian is worried about his ratings, and he's accountable to the Justice Department. And then Daniel, then we have the entrance of one Mr. Jesse the Body Ventura aka captain freedom uh who was you know those of us that mm. know jesse the body was also in predator was a wrestler wrestling commentator yes. was the governor of minnesota not too sure about how his politics are these days but anyway he's here <laughs> and we know that he was good mates with arnie 
uh, you know, it probably still is. I don't really know. So, so the leotard he is wearing is, it is beautiful, beautiful, magnificent. One hundred and ten percent, mate. The mustache is even. It made the guy in the helicopters. The and, and again, guy he's rocking the helicopters. Mustache. I'd like to. We have to give another in comparison shout out to a perfect mustache. Um, beautiful. Oh, the ensemble overall. <laughs> That's <laughs> Richard, Richard Simmons. <laughs> it was indeed. Exactly right. Yeah, Matches the leotard. Fantastic. <laughs> and it's, isn't he doing some sort of um, fitness video, video? Like a Jane Fonda man version fitness video? The actual aerobic activity. Oh, yeah. He seems to be just flexing. Daniel. Yeah, but a bit more macho. Uh, it's a bit more, yeah, kind of you can stretch, you, know, you can burn. It's a bit full on. He's getting people right into it. So no pain, no gain, he's saying. That's the ticket and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and and, uh, and anyway, pointing his, his finger, yeah, like, yeah. He's a ten-time <laughs> national champion and the greatest stalker to ever play the game. So again, we've got this guy. He's lurking in the shadows, but Daniel, he's retired, and now he's sort of a celebrity in kind of like when you get an ex-footballer or whatever to do to do commentary or special comments or something like that. You know, uh, Barry Hall or something. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. That's right. <laughs> Unlike some local okay. footballers, um, his stalking so, career's over. Well, bum, 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 we need a drum Captain sound for that. Show is very popular Cheap but effective. Meet, uh, now paint, paint the picture of the apartment now, Sam. What's going on in the apartment? Well, she's in the apartment working out and... We find out that Richard's brother's been taken away for re-education, and we find this TV. Is she a love interest? We, we don't know yet. We see this TV scene that conveniently comes up that says that Richard's is on the run and he's the butcher of Bakersfield and all this sort of stuff. And a bit of a melee again breaks out between the woman and yes. Richard's, and we hear again Jesse the body. That's the ticket. No pain, no gain, which is a little bit cr- creepy. So Richard's is able to overpower the woman because he's enormous. And he, he protests his, uh, uh, yeah, well, he protests his innocence, but he does so while he's basically got the girl on the <laughs> ground in some sort of jujitsu hold. So in real life, she probably wouldn't be listening. It's a very creepy scene, let's be honest. being raped by this absolute refrigerator of a human being. Um, so anyway, she thinks he's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he unfortunately states now be quiet and stay still I'll be out of here in five minutes and I think he's got his he's got his hand over her mouth as well don't speak something like that yeah and all the all the while Ventura's flexing in the workout vid so there's just this muscle and and shit going on everywhere it's not great not great and so we go back to the (laughs) office and Tony and Killian are discussing who is going to go on the running man to improve the ratings and Damon locks a guy that killed a bunch of people with a steak knife and Killian doesn't like him because he was too small I think you know he says well the guy only weighs 120 pounds you know that's 54.5 kilos now I've met a lot of little guys that can fight pretty well but hey look they don't like him they want someone big 
So it's a bit like a scene from that show Mad Men. They're all sitting around and drinking and spitballing and talking shit and, you know, and he sees Ben Richards on the TV screen and says, hello, gorgeous. So there's this weird sort of, uh, yeah... Well, they're kind of... Are they hinting at... Because Killian... Are they hinting he's gay or bisexual? We don't really know, but again... goes back to this thing in this movie... That you're either meat and potatoes... Arnold Schwarzenegger... Regular everyday... Uh, everyday yeah, that was everyday quite guys, weird. Or uh, you're kind of one of these pencil pusher... Weird kind of... You know... So... Anyway... Uh, he says, you know... Someone said, makes the call... I think Killian makes a comment... I can get 10 points for his biceps alone... Get me the president's agent... He's going to pull some strings. And then we cut back to the apartment, Daniel. No. Himself. Himself. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so we go back to the apartment where Richards was. And for some reason, Amber Not the Justice Department. Like she's in Not the Justice Department. He wants the president's personal phone. She's a uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we find out she's a musician and Richards has done a little bit of police work here and he's found out that she's got some black market tapes and black market clothes. It is, it is very so strange. He's, he's got something. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's um, basically, yeah, something that could resemble a Hessian sack. But again, this is a fascist government and, you know, they don't take kindly to people breaking whatever rules they like. So <laughs> you've got a bit of a you look like a sort of regime going on as well to boot. And Richard's... Oh, yeah, he takes... Well, he takes the wad of cash, doesn't he? And then we... Fu- yeah, he needs mo- money to escape, so... <laughs> oh, there's... And a wad yeah, of cash. Yeah, there's a massive wad of cash there. Don't worry about that. I, I need money. So, uh, we find out that Richard... Sorry about... <laughs> Sorry about my Arnie impersonation. Not the best. You know, Sound like a cranky old man more than anything. And he steals Amber's and then using his high-tech computer wizardry on the Commodore 64, uh, Neo Geo, he, exactly, he's able to hack the whatever. Oh, the, the travel pass. And then he takes Amber, he's his prisoner, lifts her up off the table. I'm not sure why she had such a bench or table. In, uh, her, it looks kind of almost like a massage chair. Cutting edge. She had that in her apartment. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and it, hey, yeah, I'll go with you. Okay. Yeah, I can. Well, she, it, I can and do this and she didn't want to go with him. And the way he convinces her yeah. is to rip the thing so, out of the floor bites with his brute strength. And she says, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I'll go with you now. Yeah. Look, I think um, I, when they do the remake of this film, this scene will not be in it. Let's put it that way. Um, no, I'm just going to. We've got to call it out. It is extremely rapey in that, that scene. There's but, some um, rapey sort of feeling so, around that look. <laughs> so they go to the airport, and I've got to say, like in terms of all the costumes in this film, this is the most fucking ridiculous costume. Oh, jeez, I, I don't even know if I can say that. But Daniel, the point is, <laughs> what? Okay. It's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> What is what is Richards trying to do in this scene? What's his motivation as a how character? Do you, how, how do you disguise Arnold Schwarzenegger? We had the okay, Bob the Builder hat before, and the and the construction, the gym shirt, and the little like I think he even had a little like lunchbox. Now, just 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 put a little spin on what he's actually wearing. Okay, 
so he's wearing a loud Hawaiian shirt. It's like Sh- like baby poo green. Yeah, no. Well, it looks like shitty knockoff servo sunglasses. Um, yeah, he's wearing the most like uh, I mean he he basically he's wearing this kind of like boogaloo Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> and <laughs> he's trying to obviously ostensibly. I'll use the word ostensibly once more. He's trying to, to to hide from the authorities, yet he sticks out like a pair of dog's balls, and it is just he does. fucking ridiculous. So, and, and and what about the hat he's wearing, Sam? Why don't you describe the hat? The uh, mate, I don't. The hat that I could probably I would sum it up as the guy from Jurassic Park, <laughs> <laughs> but it's white hat. It's a huge white hat with mm. black sunglasses. It is. He looks like uh, Hammond from Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Yeah. Maybe it's oh a sexual my God. tyrannosaur, but uh, look, we'll get to that movie. But oh, 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 oh. So he looks suspicious. He looks like if I wanted to draw a picture, or if I was a costume person and I was making a costume for someone who was on the run, this is the costume that I would give them: a 100 plus kilo bloke in a Hawaiian shirt. Um, now, uh, if we go back to the apartment, what was one of the things that Amber, our female protagonist, what were one of the things that Richards identified uh, that she was doing? There was bootleg music. And what was the other thing that she was doing wrong? She had a contraband... I think it was... So contraband clothing, yeah? Clothing. Yeah, dress. How the fuck, clothing, how the yeah. fuck is this shirt not illegal? Is my <laughs> well, you don't you don't see anyone else. So it's a, so he's walking with Amber at the at the airport, obviously to go on a on a on a on a trip somewhere. I think they chose Cuba, so maybe that's why he wore the. And I think he uses the line, "I can already taste the Polina coladas already." Uh, we might have a little taste of that somewhere, but no one else in the air, in the airport at all is wearing anything slightly close to this. Uh, I don't know about you, Sam, but if I'm going somewhere that's going to be hot and sunny and I'm leaving from where I live, usually it's freezing ass cold, I'm not going to be getting my Hawaiian shirt on and look like more of a tourist than I probably need to. Yeah. Uh, he, so. Yeah. I mean, he looks like um, every tourist in any place with any semblance of sun that has never been on a holiday anywhere before. Yeah. Um, Do you know what he looks like? He looks uh, yeah. like uh, the the grand grandparents have dressed their son with the grandfather's clothes that were at the back of his yeah. closet that he never wore. I remember when I was a kid and I was starting at a new school in grade five. My parents wanted me to make a good impression, and you know what, Daniel? They dressed me in a fucking pair of shorts and a shirt that is not dissimilar to the one that Arnold Schwarzenegger is wearing in this movie, and that was it for me. That was it. Um, I was. Yeah, I never had a chance. Never had a chance. But then again, I wasn't 100 kilos. So... Anyway. And you weren't wearing a hat. A wide brim yeah. white hat. That looked yeah. like you'd been on some safari somewhere. Fucking Jurassic Park. Yeah, look, swings and randomness. <laughs> swings and randomness. Anyway, he just so- needs the cane, with a, the cane with a mosquito in it and he's all set. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, I can break your neck like a chicken's. And then he does this... He does a bit of David Copper or Chris Angel... Uh, mind freak or whatever he does a bit of a sleight of hand and he tricks the flight attendant and pretends oh hang on where did I put my card blah 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 um, and of course you know this flight attendant who also seems to be a member of the police you know they can 
shoot you from wearing the wrong clothing. He's able to get through the line because a couple of people <laughs> complained. Yeah, some old. He, some, he lets him go past the checkpoint. Yeah, <laughs> because some Karen complains, and they yep. go, "Okay, no worries." Yeah. So how strict is? I don't know. So, and then they make a well, joke. Oh, they must have knew they had they had Karens in 2017 in the future, mate. Maybe they, they got did. a bit more power. Look, it's eerily. It, it, this is a Nostradamus level um, prediction of what the world turned out like. And look, actually, in fairness, they make a joke about the shirt. You know, so Arnie, you know, he knows he's having a bit of fun and taking the piss in this one. And then we get a shot to a menacing guard looking down. Amber sees him and sees that this is her time to escape. So she, you know, she yells at and, you know, makes a scene and they identify Richards immediately because he's enormous. But and just wait. Fucking stupid she, yep. she stomps his foot mm-hmm. and punches him in the balls. <laughs> yep. And he doesn't go down. If I got even touched a, a one-tenth of that, I'll be on the ground crying. And so would can most ask, people, to be honest. Can I ask you a question, Daniel? Yep. What was the last time you carried a steel beam around on your shoulder by yourself? Well, that's true. I'm not... Well, I, it's probably I shouldn't have raised it. I mean, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Case closed. Case bloody closed. Yeah. yeah case closed. So... She, could, she probably would have had her hand her hand would have hit him in the nuts and her hand would have disintegrated I would have been uh, happy yeah. if her hand got blown off and her fingers went all into the camera frame that would have yeah, been cool like Chico's head a few scenes back yeah pretty um, much so anyway he runs away and he is for a, a moment here a running man believe it or not and he runs and he, away he's fast man He's Fast. a big guy. The guy can run. He's, he's, this is not Steven Seagal running I down. Mean, he, you know, he's sprinting away. The, the van and the two motorbikes were hardly keeping up with him. Yeah. And on I mean, the tarmac. Yeah, some sort of an APC and some motorbikes. And, and he's sprinting away. And either the motorbikes are shit because of the poor quality of the fuel from the fuel shortages and the oil crisis or whatever. Or, you know, he's really quick because he's got this superhuman style um, oh, we know, you know we know he's a beast well, he's probably just a mix yeah, you know um, so you know so he shot uh, Daniel describe how he shot for me mate alright how do we do this do you know when uh, people play golf at home and they hit the balls into this big net yeah I've got one of those uh, and they sort of gauge yeah I don't, don't so do just that. imagine like a like a nerf gun <laughs> right <laughs> and they fire out I mean Let's go to the start of the movie where plan alpha is to use a helicopter to kill 1,500 or 15,000 people writing for food. But Ben Richards, <laughs> yes. we, you know, maybe maybe it's because he's powerful. Maybe it's because they want him on the show bad. I don't know. I think maybe that's, that's the excuse. But they yeah. they fire this net that's big enough to, to capture an elephant and it sort of wraps down and he's like, ah, and he drops to the tarmac and he makes similar sounds like he does in the chopper. It... I almost laugh and fart at the same time when, he, when Arnie makes those little grinding noises like he's grinding his throat and teeth. So he gets wrapped up in a net. He gets captured, right? And I, maybe when I was a kid, I didn't laugh. I didn't find it funny because I was into it as a kid. But now I, f- I just fucking lost my shit. He's rolling on the tarmac. He's got a fucking net all over him. He, he can't move. Uh, these, these goons opens up the side of this APC. You can almost see the body over the car, like it's cardboard or something, like in the wind. Yeah, absolute classic. Yeah, I'll live for yeah. these things. I'll yeah, live for. And it. I mean, the, the logic is, if you're a totalitarian state willing to kill fifteen hundred people with one helicopter, 
the movie logic is it's in, it's a good point you've made that do you kill Richards? Obviously, they're filming everything anyway. Kill Richards, promote it in your propaganda TV show. Hey, we won. We've destroyed the Butcher of Bakersfield. Or do you put him on the running man and have the potential oh, to I think turn him people into wanna, a hero? Peop, yeah, people want to see him on the running man. People want to see the stalkers. Yeah. Yeah, okay. They want oh, justice. Yeah, okay, they so want they justice. Want the, they want justice, and the stalkers are going to fuck him up worse than the... Pl- okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, okay, that, okay, that tracks. That tracks. So, anyway. So, the next thing we see is Killian and Richards meet for the first time and he says hi cutie pie and again we're creating this foil for Richards so they're kind of painting him as a little bit ambiguous with his sexuality which you know doesn't fit with Arnold's super masculine kind of identity so again it's this kind of tension between good old fashioned you know Arnie and everyone else and he's kind of you know, even though he's really strong and he's a big hero, Herculean kind of guy, you know, he's kind of threatened by this sneaky, shifty kind of, is he gay, is he not pencil pusher that, you know... Sales boy, salesman. Exactly, exactly. You know, piece of shit, low dog piece of shit. So he says... He's a turd, straight up. few, few good lines. So he says, hey, yeah, you know, you're the arsehole from TV... And then we've got the iconic line, I want you to volunteer to appear on tomorrow night's broadcast of The Running Man. And Daniel, how does Richard's reply? Fuck you. <laughs> so the guy, Classic. the guy makes Richard's a deal. He says, I've pulled a few strings uh, and the scripting isn't too bad there. Damon's talking down to Richards and he's sort of implying that even though Richards is stronger and could tear him apart with his bare hands, Richards can use his brain, you know, his cunning, okay? So, again, like, it's this tension once again between the, the clever, wily, sneaky guy and your straight-up kind of warrior, tough everyman, you know, that just wants things to be as simple as possible, okay? But doesn't have a penchant for politics or mind games or any of that. So... He's captured Richard's mates, and he, whatever their fucking name, I forget their names. You remember them? Uh, Loch- Lachlan, Lo- I think it's Lachlan, the guy with the googly fish eyes, Weiss? and and Weiss, who right, also looks like Stephen King, but yes. but isn't he's the nerd? Yeah, yeah. I so mean, you don't even have to say. It. I could, you could tell that one was a nerd and one was the strong guy, but he's not as strong as Arnie or Ben yeah. Richards. Sorry, he's so like the yeah the the buddy kind of. That's it. It's kind of like if this was a video game, Arnie would be the boss and they'd kind of be the henchmen walking around like on Double Dragon or something. Let's be honest, Lachlan's player two, and if we talk about Super Mario original, no one wants to play as Luigi, yeah? No. No one. No. That I know of. No. Fuck Luigi. No fucking one did. No one did. Me and my brother used to beat the shit out of each other. Uh, Who got to be Luigi? Exactly. So who wants to be be like googly eyes Lachlan? Fuck Luigi. Uh, Anyway... Fuck They're in the other room. Anyway. <laughs> you fucked them both. <laughs> and uh, so you've got you've got you've got googly eyes Lachlan. You've got yep. Weiss, aka yeah. Stephen King, in his youth, locked up in a room over. And I think what does he say? He goes, "If you don't volunteer for the show, we're going to run your mates through the game." That's it exactly. Is so, that that the kind of like the deal? Yeah, exactly. He's using this collateral. Yeah, and it's it's again this characterization that he's just this sneaky fucker, and it's brains versus brawn, right? And Richards, if he doesn't go on the show, his mates will have to do it. 
Ben has no choice. So cue this badass music, and now there's a bit of a situation where he's getting in, you know, implants, surgical implants and things. So it's a bit of a montage, and this Rob Lowe-looking guy on the phone just reassures Killian that everything looks okay, and he's getting injected with these chemicals. Um, and I don't know why they, they inject him. <laughs> Well, I don't <laughs> seem to be shooting him up with all sorts of like new age 2017 things that you know what's that guy that got uh, done in the bike race for doping Lance I think believe it was Lance Armstrong maybe they got a, like a Lance Armstrong cocktail that they're shooting him up with so he can run extra fast yeah and I, I mean, don't look, know if, if there was anyone who needed some sort of performance enhancing Look, I don't know what the injection is. Well, but it I, was I think Arnie, it'd be White or Lachlan, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I think Arnie play it too. I think Arnie had it covered down in Gold's gym. Yeah. Um, so mate, anyway. you could drink. You you you, you could lick. You could lick Arnold Schwarzenegger's head after a workout and immediately be able to lift four hundred kilos on the bench press. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, and then Daniel, they gas him, and they can't beat him one on one. So they need these underhanded tactics and. There's a fair bit of gas going around there in the chamber. What what do you make of this one? So, I, I'm just going to probably just... I, I've got a kind of like a question with this. So, imagine uh-huh. a room yeah. and there's okay. got it. like PVC pipe extruding mm. from all these little holes in the room and like steam sure. coming out that makes him unconscious in one second. Do you know what a glory hole is? That's what it looked no. like. They're all... No, they're all, they're all no. Well, they're all, they're these, I won't go... I mean, depending on our listeners, I'm hoping they know uh, what one is. I'm sure there's plenty of ways to look it up. Um, uh, it, but it, it basically looks like there's all these glory holes at groin height, and that's where the pipes <laughs> are sticking out, where the gas yeah. is coming out. So when I looked at that, I was a little taken off like that. I was sort of, uh, you know, up... And it's Killian. We've had those vibes off him before. It was just an odd scene. He sort of got knocked out, passed out. Very strange, very odd. So we cut to Amber at home uh, or at work or wherever she is, and we can't really tell. And there's a bit of product tra- product placement going on of um, different bits and pieces, and there's another news broadcast, which again just kind of moves the plot along. Amber's there doing a bit of work, putting it uh, tinkling the ivories, and she's astounded at the state-backed news network at the way they've been, yes. well, they've been, even though she didn't like Richards, well, she is a woman of principle and she realises eh, they've been a bit liberal with the truth, haven't they? Saying that Richards shot a guy in the head at point-blank range. So much so, Daniel, she talks to herself because no one else is around and she says, but that's not true. Then we have a, a little game show, a side show on the freak show that is The Running Man, which is Climbing for Dollars. And I did laugh at. I mean, this is a show that could one be on of my, TV. That, you, you, that could be a spin-off, man. That, I don't know why yeah. no one thought "Climb for Dollars" couldn't be an action movie by itself. So, what are they? They got to climb up a rope to gather all this money, and there's these yeah. bloodthirsty kind dogs, of dogs, weren't they? Yeah, they're kind of ha- could have been hand sort of thing. Yeah, like yeah. ten cujos at the bottom of the thing trying to snap at you, and then you hear this like little scream, like, Eah! and he falls down the rope. And it gets munched. I thought it was fair. It was one of the <laughs> best things of the movie for me. It was. It was good. It was good. And look, uh, yeah, uh, look. This movie. Ramsey Bolton. Could, re, re, who's the actor that plays uh, Ramsey Bolton? He, he, uh, he could. He yeah. could do the TV show. Yeah. 
Yep, Elon Rion or something, isn't it? Yeah. I'd, I'd uh, back it. Yeah, look, I think um, let, let's get the script written. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is good. And look, this movie is not without its kind of humorous moments, is it? You know, it, it is tongue-in-cheek. It is tongue-in-cheek. They Some of it is funny and some of it is maybe a bit unintentionally cringy funny. But so, yeah. Uh, okay, so Richards wakes up and the court-appointed theatrical agent arrives <laughs> and that's one of those jobs where they say that you don't you know they tell kids now you don't even know what job you're going to be doing when you leave school i think that's one of those and then we have uh, a bit mm. of dance which is good and these close-up of what could only best be described as camel toed dances and yeah. we have I- i've got a most, tina turner yeah. vibe glitter on the <laughs> yes. belly button yep. crappy gray blue two pieces and yep. big ass yep. hair going everywhere Yep. Oh, it looked like a it looked like a nowadays sort of drag show, but they were girls. It did just well, bizarre and like dancing yeah. and like dancing past Ben Richards and rubbing their hands down his face. I'm like, this guy's going to run and get killed, and you're dancing yeah. up in his face and yeah. stroking his cheeks. <laughs> bizarre, and, bizarre. Yeah, I mean, the, the music could not be any less the most generic '80s dance music anyone could have ever composed in their life um and then you know you see how uh, this shot i guess it establishes the spectacle of the running man show and how you know everyone's taking bets and everyone's getting into it and there's this massive crowd tonight um someone comments and they say well better there than in the streets so the running man it's kind of like this opiate of the masses it gets people you know it focuses their attention on this so they're not you know, out there riding and carrying on and all that sort of thing. Okay, so it keeps them distracted from their shitty lives, which yeah, yeah. Which, or trying again, to steal car stereos. Well, which yeah. ain't gonna happen. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the car stereos. What a funny comment before. Yeah. So I love it. I love um, it. Yeah, great line. Great line of the movie. Yeah. So Buzz saw the first stalker that we meet arrives. Aside, of course, Captain Freedom. And then someone, um, yep. you know, gets a bit too close to Buzzsaw and he gives him a little bit of a, I think, a bit of a bump, doesn't he? And Buzzsaw, so he, the guy that gets, you know, punched or hit by Buzzsaw, oh, Buzzsaw touched me! And then yeah, Buzzsaw, he's sort of g- gasming yeah. himself. Loving it. Loving it. <laughs> yeah, he's loving yeah. it. Yeah. And Buzzsaw lifts up the motorbike and all the chicks want to root Buzzsaw. And probably that guy does as well. Yeah. So oh, the ladies him, do... 100%. <laughs> Can we get to the part? I don't know if you noticed this bit of the dance routine where they do that weird opened legged crab walk kind of bit. Did you pick up on that? I, I did. I did. Look, I've never done really extreme drugs in my life, but I thought I was possibly drugged when I looked at that. I've never done an open weird legged crab walk dance before. Well, I haven't done. I, I haven't done one either, um, and I'm not going to try now. I can tell you that much. So. The uh, hot ladies in the crowd. What a freaking bizarre thing! I'm just gonna, we're gonna choreograph this dance scene. I know. Look, I can forgive that it's in the '80s, right? But I've seen yep. Michael. I've seen Michael Jackson. I've seen Beat yep. It. I've seen Thriller. I've seen, you know, Janet Jackson. I've seen all these '80s dance. I've never seen a fucking crab walk being choreographed into a, an action movie that's coming to the cinema. A crab walk. Well, there's a lot of crack going around in the '80s. That's what I'm saying. So the hot ladies in the crowd, they're dancing and they're, they're getting fucking down to this shit. They love it, right? And there's some... They're awkward, living for the dance, man. They're living again, for Again, like another one of these weird nerd dorks in the fucking movie that they keep cutting to. Um, 
like Weiss, kind of like that. And I don't know, I actually thought that this could have been Stephen King. And he's dancing around, and it is the whitest dance I've ever seen in my life. But he's there dancing. And then you've got uh, this kind of contrast between, you know, the grey poor people and the colourful rich people. Damon's getting his everything done, and he says, don't touch the hair, you know, so it's establishing as a bit of a narcissist. The chicks keep on dancing, and people are really, really into this dancing. They love it. They, they love the they spectacle love of the running man. So Amber sees Richards as he walks past, because she's obviously working on the show in the music department. That's right, listeners. She's not just a musician. She works at the establishment. Yeah, Don't know well, what she does. She's a musician she's who works at the establishment for the establishment. And mm -hmm. there is uh, this, again, not for the first time in the film, this strange sort of moment where Amber's talking to her friends and there's an oh odd God, comment made about being raped by Ben Richards. Now, I don't know if this one will make it to the remake either, mate. Um, a little I bit odd. I think it was raped and killed, killed and raped, or both. Was it because of a comment like that? Yeah. It was bizarre, yeah. man. Yeah. Bizarre. Um, and this is when Ben Richards is in, like, his ICS overalls with the handcuffs on being walked to the stage. Oh, we'll it's get to, we'll really, get, really tripped. Well, we'll get to the overalls as well. But, look, a little bit uncomfortable. And, uh, okay, so Killian comes out, and he's sucking up the crowd's ass, telling them they're beautiful and everything. And he has this, again, another super original bit of screenwriting here. Uh, his catchphrase for the show, The Running Man... It's showtime! So there's this pantomime-style callback, and he's saying, what's the greatest show and everything, and it's all feeding his ego and his narcissism and all of that sort of thing. It's like a circus kind of thing, isn't it? Like a circus, like people get excited at the circus. Yeah. Oh, like he's like P.T. Barnum. Yeah. And he yeah, yeah. the shit out of the musicians, and, and Richards has to, for some reason, here's another nice little bit for you. For some reason, even though Richards is more or less on death row by having to go into the running man... He has to sign yeah, pretty a much. Yeah, in the fascist regime where the government can do whatever they want, he has to sign a little bit of paperwork. And he uh, he has to demonstrate his frustration with doing the paperwork. And he signs the page <laughs> on the lawyer's back, the time, tr you know, time on a tradition of signing paperwork on the lawyer's back. And he goes on pretty to Pretty much stab signing the lawyer. a death certificate. Yeah. He stabs the lawyer and he says, don't forget to send me a copy. And not even the guards who were there to obviously stop him from making it, they don't give a shit. And why don't they give a shit? Because it's a lawyer. And he sticks so, the pen through the paper into his back like a knife, yeah? Yeah, yeah, but That's the guards don't care. The guards don't they care. Didn't the lawyer yeah. just runs away and whatever. So I think he's again, running away crying, isn't he? Yeah, so again, it's more nerve bashing. And yeah. it's kind of this idea that America's a nation of jocks and geeks and Arnold, you know, he obviously hasn't seen Revenge of the Nerds at this stage or, you know, Facebook hadn't been invented, so nerds, you know, hadn't got their comeuppance yet. Now, the guest nerds. runner is introduced and people lose their minds. They have footage which mirrors the edited footage kind of at the start of the film. So I found this really interesting that they doctored the footage from the helicopter, but the camera work is the same as what we saw in the film. And that, to me, either means they had sort of like that bullshit Steven Seagal show where he was allegedly a cop and helped out with the police department. But they either had a film crew in the helicopter along with Enormous Richards and all those goons 
or in 1987, mm. 2017, their body cams were the business. So the re-edited footage shows Richards killing the innocent people, then saying, to hell with you, and the innocent <laughs> and people Can we just say... <laughs> yeah. Can we touch on, touch on how he kills them? Massive machine gun, bullets zipping everywhere, huh? cars getting blown up and thrown over and exploded. Um... Chaos from this helicopter, which Riches is doing by himself. Um, yep. At the same time, pushing back the people in the helicopter that are trying to overpower him to stopping this on this exactly. chaotic onslaught. Yeah, so it's complete sort of North Korea style propaganda. A car blows up because why not? Like they must have had a bit of extra money left over in the budget, and the audience are appalled at the butcher of Bakersfield, and, and it positions them to really want vengeance on Richards now a building blows they up they hate him as well screams. you can feel they, that they fucking hatred hate yeah uh, grieving parents there are orphan children and then we have two hot chicks open the gates and Richards I've got to say I actually wrote down in my notes at this point at this time of the movie Richards walks out in the most sensible looking costume that he's had in the whole thing it's sort of a kind of a, a neutral coloured jumpsuit and I thought well that'd be handy if you're in the running man because you know it'll protect you from debris or whatever and everything and you know and I thought geez okay well that's and some what, sensible uh, costuming uh, and then, did he yeah. we probably maybe we should explain what they have to do to win first maybe so okay. there's four quadrants mm-hmm. there's four quadrants that the running man has to run through fuck you paid attention to this man that's yeah I, go on I believe go it on. I did so you got you got to run through these four quadrants to win uh, and then they will deploy, a, you know, what they call a stalker, which we'll get to soon, to hunt you down. Yep. And there's lots of obstacles, and and, and basically, if you win, um, you're on that about just then, Sammy, about the what what the prizes are, what you can get for winning. Yeah. So I believe did you mention a trial by jury? Yeah, that's one. <laughs> legal representation. Hopefully, it's not the bloke with a pen stuck in his. Uh, well, I hope not. <laughs> thoracic spine, but yeah. Uh, legal representation, and you might even get to go off to Hawaii. Yeah, and they get rid of free. your crime. Yeah, they they'll wipe, wipe, it. They'll wipe your record. Yep. Yeah, and you get to go, and there were actually three fellas only in the history of the running man who have ever won and got free. That's right. Their names yep. are Whitman, Price, and Haddad, and they're there basking in Again, the, the Maui sun. Bizarre names, man. They are a little bit, yeah. So take note of them, Daniel, as they will actually come into play in the narrative at a later stage. So anyway, back to the action. Ben Richards gets strapped into what could best be described as a Jamaican bobsled, and with a roll cage, kind of like a (laughs) strapped to a roller coaster, and his mates already get sent into the game. So uh, you know the other two, Weiss and the other. Guy, um, wow, that was the trick. That was the trick. Uh, Ben Richard thought he's making the sacrifice and volunteering, and when he's already locked into the bobsled, you see now he's just pointing, that's right, he's just sort of pointing down a tube. His other guys are like strapped in vertically, both of them look like they're taking a dump. Yeah, (laughs) googly eyes are sitting there, he can't focus on the host, so his eyes are going all over the place. Um, Young Stephen King Weiss is like literally looking like he's pushing out the biggest turn he's ever done in his life. Um, and 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 then from there we're about, you know, Ben Richards has realised he's been betrayed, but it's too late. 
Yeah. It's too late. And yeah, so they're fucked, basically. And so uh, Killian references the big quake of 97, and maybe that's the reason why society collapsed. We don't really know. And then we hear the catchphrase, it's time to start running. And there's a great line here in the film. The first time Arnold Schwarzenegger and last time ever said this line, he says, I'll be back, which is great. I mean, I've never heard that one in an Arnie movie before. And then it is Killian, first, replies, yeah. Killian replies, only in a rerun, ba-boom. <laughs> and then Arnie gets shot down the, the, the thing. So... <laughs> now, know. this was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Rocket packs on the back of the bobsled. Yeah. Firing them. They look like they're under 20 Gs. Their faces getting all flappy. That's they look right. like that young kid doing the shuffle out of the Goonies, yeah? yeah? Faces exactly. all getting distorted. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like St- Stargate before Stargate happened, except they're in a bobsled, yeah. and Pretty much. So they, they bobsled down into the game show. The other dweebs follow, you know, they're along as well. And, you know, at this stage in the film, Daniel, I must admit, I thought that these two already instantly weren't going to make it. I just thought these guys oh. are in, in a lot of trouble. They're in oh, I agree, mate. I they're thought one of the bobsled was going to blow up. One of the bobsled would go into outer space and get shot with lasers or something yeah. would blow up. Yeah. But when they yeah. land, when they land, there's all these gang guys on motorbikes and guys yeah. cheering and... For, for a place that has a food, sh- a food shortage, I can't believe how many cans and rubbish cans, <laughs> Coke cans, it looks like Coke cans and all these other yeah. things that the crowd are throwing at it and winning disgust. Well, that's it. Somebody's enjoying being in the upper crust. That's how the 1% live, I think. And well, then no one else has any food and are stealing car stereos to survive and making jokes exactly. about it. And yeah, so, you know, he goes so it, far. Yeah, he breaks through the barrier because he's really, really big. And when he lands and yeah like you yeah. pointed out there there are the motorbikes and whatever and all the, the refuse being thrown around and then we cross cut across, uh, back to Amber and Amber has taken on the role of kind of musician that likes workout videos to social justice warrior and she's digging around in the archive and she's looking at the quote unquote raw footage but Daniel mm. she gets caught anyway back to that so then we cross cut again she does and the lads land in the game. You know, they're in the game show. And then we get a lovely moment of the film with the casting of what I'll delicately refer to as a senior citizen. And this senior citizen uh, gets to decide which of the stalkers get to hunt down the contestants. And she well, chooses... it's a game show after all. It's not Buzzsaw that she chooses, but a fellow known as Sub-Zero. Predating yep. Mortal Kombat, Sub-Zero. Yes. And and just a little side note here, he was acted by a professional wrestler called Professor Turu Tanaka, uh, a man of Asian descent, which in no way is ever kind of referred to in any quasi-racist way in this film. Uh, they mention, though, that he chops his opponents into sushi. But look, hey, that's, that's okay. And <laughs> at least they look, Dan, at least at this stage... You know, I think at this time Japan was going through its boom and, you know, people... There were a lot of movies about Japan in American cinemas and, and that happened... In fact, we're going to cover a few of them in the future. But... Yep. So, uh, yeah, Sub-Zero... And look, his... The fight with him will lead to probably the best one-liner in the in the entire film. So everyone's wrapped. Certainly. And then we cr- cut across to 
Captain Freedom, and he is doing his sort of thing as a you know a veteran that that has his role in the show, and he starts to go down memory lane talking about the good old days, but then he's cut off because mm-hmm. the three leads are being chased by this masked man on the motorbike, and we see more people betting on uh, you know betting against the fellas. And well, I the betting get... part's funny because yeah, all the yeah. guys on the street are betting. Yeah. So all the people on the street have this like um, dodgy Betty scheme, like with odds on the, the stalkers and all this. One of them yeah. looks like one of the guys from earlier on the movie on the worker truck that okay. Ben Richard gets on to get away from when he, you know, had their bomb neck things removed. Quite yeah. bizarre. Yeah, and look, I'm not sure what the odds odds were on Richards and the other two, but look, I, I'm sure the odds weren't great. So, so the Pretty story sure with Sub Zero, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I think the story with Sub-Zero could best be described is, and this is my own uh, my own prose here, he is an ice hockey hybrid samurai, is what I'm going to call yes. him. Yep, you're spot Would on you the money. Would you agree with that? Yep, yep. And, and when he cuts the gong in half with his hockey stick, uh-huh. you could tell yeah. that he is a seasoned stalker and he means business. He's, yeah, he is... Yeah, I mean, the, the old lady chose him for a bloody reason. And... Yep. Anyway, so, you know, this uh, big cage falls down from the roof in the sort of American Ninja-style uh, quadrant that they're in. And yep. it, we realise they're in some sort of an ice hockey-style arena. And Richards, very pithily... I mean, his life is on the line here, but he still has the time to make up these these cracking jokes. Uh, guess they want he us to stay. Rippers, mate. Guess they want us to stay. Oh, so that's because the roller being, doors come in and traps them in. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're trapped, and Richard says, "Guess they want us to stay because they're trapped and they can't escape." So he's being sort of ironic when he says that line, and it was very funny. <laughs> so Weiss is being a total—I'll um, use the word wimp—and he's kind of—you can tell the other two might be getting a bit annoyed at him. They're, they're holding—he's holding them. It's up. kind of like dead weight, isn't he? Very much so. Unless there's, a, his... unless there's an Atari around that he can hack for you. Well, he does have a special set of skills, which we'll get to later. But yeah, like they have to keep him around for the, the we'll find out about the revolutionary's master plan and that sort of thing, which I kind of, okay. But anyway, so the point is he gets his ass kicked and he gets attacked by Sub-Zero with an ice hockey <laughs> puck or, or something. And he gets shot into an ice hockey net himself and the net envelops him and he's stuck there. So meanwhile, kind of like that mousetrap mouse game. Yeah, exactly. And at the same time, the old lady who chose Sub-Zero, she's getting all these great take-home prizes. And the action scene relies on a lot of quick edits. Weiss screams to be let out of the cage and his mates go to, mate goes to rescue him, but he's attacked by Sub-Zero. And then the shot cuts to the most... Uh, for inexplicably cuts to a member of the crowd. The most 80s-looking fella I've ever seen in my life. Muller, and he everything. yells out, he yells out, kill that son of a bitch. Now, it wasn't exactly as good as take him home in a body bag, Johnny, but, you know, like, it was all right. Look, kill for a random blow-in, like a brand... It, yeah. For a random, it was spot on the money. Yeah, yeah, it really added to my enjoyment. Only, maybe, an extra, maybe an extra moustache. I can't remember if he had one or not, but a moustache yeah. would have made that just a perfect piece. A little bit more. I can't remember if he had a moustache either. I mean, look... I might have he was a blow-in, let's be honest. He's just yeah. popped in for a second. Yeah. Uh, it's not like right, he's a so... crab dancer that we're going to see later <laughs> on. No, there was no no crab dancing. Although the dancers do come back. Uh, but 
All right, so Sub-Zero, I'm going to do my best to summarize the fight. Okay, so Sub-Zero swings at, um, what's his name? What, the googly eyes with the ice hockey stick. Lachlan, yep. Yep. Richards improvises now because, and it sort of shows that even though Richards is this big, strong guy, maybe he's not this sort of dumb guy with no guile or no He's got a bit of MacGyver in him. He does a little, yeah. So he rips the razor fence, uh, the razor wire off the fence. He wraps it around Sub-Zero's neck. And I think the like clotheslines him. Clotheslines him. Yes, his his throat gets cut in the process. I think, and he unfortunately expires, and the crowd are crestfallen. They go silent. And yeah, we have and a I think it cuts his finger. Doesn't it cut his fingers off as well? And he's like, ah, and his fingers uh, are yeah. squirting. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was his neck squirting out blood or his fingers, but it was funny. Uh, um, yeah, there's no point. There's no point holding your neck if you've got no fingers. I mean, it's all over. Right. No, it's done. No. He's in strife, and I mean, and that just shows. Uh, it, it's really demonstrative, Daniel, of Sub Zero's hubris that he was the stalker, and he's probably he's never been defeated, but he's met his match with Richards. He's met his match, and these are seasoned stalkers. The Let's uh, not the the justice the justice people have been pushing people through this yeah. game show seven days a week. Yep. The odds are when he cruises in there, he's going to be able to play with them like a, you know a cat and a mouse. Cat and mouse game. But exactly. it's but it's it's back it's backfired now. It's and what happened next? So what happens next is Richard eulogizes Sub Zero's death, Daniel, and he finds a camera. I don't because I mean there, ca- there are cameras everywhere, and you know the control room obviously cut to the the camera that he looks at, and he says, "Hey, Killian, here is Sub Zero." Now, plain zero. Now I swear Best when line. I watched, I, I I swear to God when I saw this, I swear I thought Schwarzenegger was about to shit his dax, laughing as he said this one. And I think it takes the cake as possibly the it, look. It, it's up there in one of the greatest lines it's up there. in action movie history. Yeah, for all the it's wrong up reasons. There. But there's, I mean, he knew that. Yeah, he yeah. probably wrote it. Let's be honest. Well, he probably yeah, freestyled it. May have freestyled it. Yeah, ad libbed. Yeah, it was the improv. Yeah, because Look, before let's um, remember, didn't didn't Stephen King, uh, you know, use a fake name and write the original? Well, he did. I don't know. He didn't write the screenplay. You know, he I didn't. suppose he didn't write um, the script. D'Souza did, and I mean the other thing is, yeah, I don't know if it was King or D'Souza or if it was something added in afterwards. Uh, but you know, as we know though, before he was into bodybuilding and everything. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger made his way in Hollywood as a stand-up improv comedian, so it could have been him. Could have been him. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we you know have everyone's kind of like they don't know what to say, and Killian has to kind of you know he's racking his brain and working out how to to save the situation, and he he does some sort of decent kind of job, and he says a great champion has fallen, will be back, and then. In case he was, you know, we're worried he actually cared about Sub Zero. He adds quite, quite nicely actually after these important messages, and that just reminds us that he really doesn't give a shit about Sub Zero. You know, it's nah. all about the advertising revenue and the ratings and that sort of. So you know, he's a complete shit and the bear. ratings. So and he's get, probably, you know, he's yeah. probably. Let's be honest, he's probably getting stiff with excitement well, that his ratings are just shot up because for the first time, one of the people that are running have taken out one of the stalkers. So. Let's yeah. say, let's be honest and say, he's pretty hard at this stage. Yeah, and I mean the he's cards excited. are still, yeah, the, the cards are still in his hands as well. Let's not forget. So look, they get uh, 
Weiss, you know, Wayne Gretzky out of the ice hockey net. And then the room gets filled with gas to give the lads a bit of a hurry up. And as they leave, Richard states, just to, you know, because we haven't had a joke in the movie for a little while. So to relieve the tense moment, he says, he was a real pain in the neck. Boom. Another body one. Another body one. Yeah. So you get this scene where Killian's on the phone and he's facing the inconvenience of having to explain how one of the stalkers have died. There's another dickhead in glasses and he can't even decide, you know, he's been called up to choose a stalker now. And he's another one of these nerds that permeate this film and he he can't decide which one to pick. And Killian kind of says, well, porque no los dos, you know, let's choose two of them. So we get Buzzsaw and we get Dynamo and we'll get to Buzzsaw. But Dynamo looks a bit like that uh, big fella. I don't know if you've got it. Um, don't know if you've seen the the big fella from the Chase. Um, and you know that game. I'm not show. sure, man. He looks odd. Okay. He looks odd. Uh, oh, he does yes. look like the guy from the Chase. Actually, now yeah. I remember. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know the one I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he enjoys yeah. singing and opera. Got, what does he have? He's got Christmas lights wrapped around him as well. Like he does. Christmas tree kind of. Yes, exactly. And yeah, so yeah. While not stalking running men, Dynamo enjoys singing opera and shooting lightning bolts out of his hands. And then we cross cut again. Yeah, to different Amber. colour lightning bolts, blue, yes, yellow. He's, 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 he, yeah, yeah, spectacular. So some some beautiful sort of soprano, uh, tenor, whatever. Uh, look, I'm obviously far from an expert in opera, but yeah. So he's an interesting character. So Amber, we find out now, who was caught, if you recall stealing state secrets from the running man archives is being sent into the mm. game so rather than finding legal loophole you know she's just being thrown into the, you know she's being th- uh, unlike richards it no seemed trial like they no nothing do, well that seems to me like early in the game with richards they had to kind of work and call up the justice department to get him on the show but amber just gets straight straight in and i, I think that might also be to do because yeah. he he would be a military prisoner right while she's just broken the law we can go with plan alpha and kill her and do all we want yeah, well, I'd have to jump Maybe. across back. I'd have to go to the bookshelf and have a look at 1987, 2017, um, you know, military law. But I think I've got that one on there. I might have a look at that <laughs> later and check that one There's out. Something, um, something off we'll there, the, yeah. It's definitely yeah, something we'll, off. We'll get the paralegal team on that one after the pod just to make sure it's accurate. And so uh, <laughs> Killian, when he introduces Amber, I did enjoy this. As uh, he introduces Amber as a woman who has defied traditional morality, she cheated on college exams, had sexual relationships with two, sometimes three different men, in a year, and I mean, obviously she's you know so he's he's slut shaming Amber. They announce now that and they've given the butcher of Bakersfield a new name, Mad Dog Ben Richards is Amber's oh, I loved confe- it. her confederate, her lover. And then there's a medium close-up of Amber in the bobsled. And she says, well, that was a lie. And the crowd are loving it. I love the idea. I mean, the crowd yeah. just believe anything they're told via mass media and they don't question it, you know. Unlike it, the real it, 2017 almost... or 2022, they just buy anything that they're told. Yeah, yeah mate. It's like the old school. It's like the medieval times where you're going through to town and people are throwing cabbages and tomatoes at you. Exactly. And rocks. Yeah. And totally. it, they're sort of shamed down the tube. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now people just sort of do the equivalent of that on the internet. But yeah, so I mean, look, they're, you know, they're doing all that. And, you know, there's some, and then we hear something. And look, I, again, 
all this stuff about the uplink and the source code and radars, I don't really know. And, you know, Richards thinks it's bullshit as well, but he runs off to help out. And we see some state-of-the-art, once again, Commodore 64 technology. They <laughs> Cutting uh, edge tech. Yeah, yeah, they're tracking the LEDs on the relays. It's a bit like aliens up in the, up in the air vents and that sort of thing. And Richards says, if you guys don't shut up, I'm going to uplink your ass. And I'm not sure if that <laughs> sounds as macho as what was intended by the, the writers and the director. But anyway, now somehow, Daniel, in the catacombs of the running man, Amber has managed to find the three fellas. She seemed to get past that hockey area pretty quick. Yeah. Um, it's and the motor got people. The gas is obviously cleared and everything. So anyway, we have our next stalker. Stalker number... What are we up to now? Number... Okay, I guess I call him stalker number three, Buzzsaw. And Buzzsaw yep. emerges unpredictably from the darkness and attacks the team with his trusty chainsaw. And we're watching Arnold scrub, scramble down the rubble and, you know, as he escapes. And he's not an agile man. It's pretty good. And Amber, unfortunately... You know, if you're Amber, which one of the blokes would you prefer to be stuck with when you split up? Well... I don't think it'd be AK Wace, aka young Stephen King, because <laughs> unless you're using him as a shield or someone to carry your wallet and smokes, I mean, what use would he be? That is exactly who she gets stuck. So, for some reason, he runs over to a computer, and again, it sort of baffles me why all of this is in the set of The Running Man. But it is all right. So let's just go with that. For some reason, the uplink, you know, to the network satellites is there, whatever. And is that kind of smart because no one's going to know it's there? Or Look, I don't really... And, you know, the, the stalkers will kill anyone that tries How? to hack the mainframe. I How no one found it? Let's be honest, Sam. There's some hidden yeah. radar for the resistance in the rubble that none of the other yeah. people that have been a running man have got to before, but all of a sudden now they've got opportunity. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Um, yep. very strange part of the movie as well. I don't, I, I yeah. don't know why they did that. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, clearly. Totally. Clearly. So Arnold and um, Googly <laughs> wander <laughs> back into the you know this dark area, and Buzzsaw emerges, and it looks like he slashes uh, Googly across the chest. Yeah, Golden got a whack. Yeah, he did. Gets a bit of a whack with the old. Um, the old McAllister Makita. chainsaw. Yep, the Makita. And <laughs> Richard sticks it out and fights. There's more shots of the generic crowd cheering. Richard's getting... He's getting dragged around behind this motorbike. And um, the other fella who couldn't he got, decide... He got lassoed, right? He didn't get lassoed? And he's dragging him on the bike? Yeah, he did, yeah. So basically, I should... Yeah, yeah he so he's been lassoed and he's being dragged around by this... Is it a quad bike or motorbike or whatever? And you know, to be honest, to be honest, man, one scene that looked like a dirt bike, one scene that looked like a Harley Davidson. Me, uh, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Continuity, but it's hard. It's hard to tell whether a guy sitting on top of it's got like a, you know, a utility belt with a chainsaw holster. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard yeah. to work out the bike, um, yeah. and a weird face. He had a weird face shield on as well. Yeah, really bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it. it, it incredibly and spectacularly bizarre so look we go back to the fella who couldn't decide between the two stalkers and it's dweeb is standing there he's delighted he's getting loads of prize and he gets a running man home game which i'd love to see some sort of copy of what the running man home game would actually look like 
Um, so Buzzsaw's riding around for a while. Richards manages then to use the rope he's tied to, though, against Buzzsaw, and he bucks Buzzsaw from the dirt bike, which is, you know, again, he's a wily kind of character. Now, meanwhile... Bit of MacGyver. Yeah, a bit more MacGyver again. So, meanwhile, Weiss has found the uplink relay, and thank God for that. And, Dan, can I ask you to do me a favour, please? Just in the... You know, we're kind of getting towards these pointy end of things, but can I get you just to remember something for me? Sure. Okay, don't write it. You can't write it down, though. I can't write it down? Okay. Well, no, because Amber didn't have a pen and paper, so you don't get it either. Remember the numbers, please. I don't think I'm going to be as smart as Amber, though, man. Look... Hey, this is entering into precious... Yep, okay, so 18, 18 20, 24, 24, 61, 61, B, B, 17, 17, 17. <laughs> I've already forgot half the numbers, dude, if I'm being honest. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read it one more time. 18, 24, 61, B, 17, 17, Four, and you're not allowed to write this down, okay? I'm going to ask you at the end of the pod, all right? Anyone else that wants to play along at home, remember those numbers, and we'll see if you can oh, have God, as good a memory as Amber I hope, you, I, I, hope you, I hope everyone else does better than me, because I remember 17, 17, and B. That's it. I'm out. I'm, I'm, okay. I've lost already. Amber's <laughs> so clearly scene, more smarter than me. Look, Musician. Yes. You know, she watches the fitness show with a guy with a mustache. Hoarder of She's got a home gym bolted clothes. into the floor. Yes. <laughs> Bondage set, Easiest um, access. Two in one. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, obviously, the real estate agent doesn't change your fucking security pin when you leave the house. So, you know, oh, my, my, my auntie and uncle lived here 50 years ago. We just used the same key card to get in. Ridiculous. Love it. Yeah, geez. Do you know what? I think I left my, um, I think I left a couple of things under the stairs. If I can just pop in. Um, yeah, no, just no pop over. The door for me. Yeah. Four, four, five, five, six, six, mate, you're in. Bang. Now, that is a code you can remember. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, so the scene cuts cross, uh, cuts to, uh, crosses to Buzzsaw, who is playing possum on the ground. He's pretending, he's pretending to be injured. However, he's doing he, the old lure. Exactly, old lure. a struggle in shoes, and he says menacingly, "The saw is a part of me, and I'm gonna make it a part of you." Then Buzzsaw swings the chainsaw. Richards is on the counter attack though, and he punches him a few times. Rest control of the chainsaw and slices him from between his genitals up. And Richard says, that's all right, keep it. And it's Buzz, uh, Buzzsaw's <laughs> time to sing now. Um, and, yeah, luckily there, was, could, there wasn't any close-up camera work of that. But So you know how like people part yeah. their hair down the middle, yeah? It basically <laughs> was like parting someone's testicles with a chainsaw. You know, yeah. it just straight into the sack... Yep. Straight up, Bang. up. The, uh, uh, it went go. pretty high up too. It wasn't just like we'll have a little crack. Yeah. Uh, this this chainsaw was beefed up, man. It went all the yeah. way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brutal. And, uh, yes. So uh, nerdy uh, calls out the code for the relay. Dynamo's been stalking them though, mate. And Richards luckily is on the scene very quickly though. Uh, surprisingly quickly, he, he was driving that little Goomba car like a Mario Kart, yeah, Dynamo. Yeah, yeah. singing and he's shooting bolts of lightning at him and stuff. Yeah, yes, yeah. So Dynamo, like a crazy there. psycho. And exactly, and and so Richards. Now we know that he's got a few zingers up his sleeve, and he says, "Hey, Christmas tree," and I think you can see. <laughs> I mean, there's not a shot of Dynamo's facial expression, but you can tell his character would have been quite hurt by that. The crowd are now would have been very offensive. 
The, yeah, and the crowd, Daniel. We've got to think. Some of them are actually, believe it or not, starting to cheer for Richards. And, and this is where the momentum shifts and people start... We, we go back to the scene in the street where people are now betting on Richards to beat the Stalkers. Yes, the tide is beginning to turn. Yeah. So and we have Wagner, Wagner playing, uh, which adds to the scene its sense of drama. And Richard says, follow me, light bulb, which again, you can tell Dynamo's very upset by this. You know, he's just come it's to work pissing today. him off. I mean, it's bordering on workplace harassment here. You know, all these insults being thrown around the place. So... Um, now, Richards is using a bit of strategy again to defeat Dynamo, who's in hot pursuit. And this is, um, yeah, like you said, it's like an early model Tesla kind of, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, dune buggy sort of thing. Yeah, and with plastic, you know, cardboard on it, like the APC scene at the airport, yeah. some dodgy yeah, weird exactly. car. And then Richards is able to make him crash or fuck him up or, or something like that. And <laughs> Makes him like roll it, doesn't he? Does yeah. he roll the car? Exactly, he does. Ridiculous. And then Do- Dynamo starts kind of pathetically saying, cut, cut, go to commercial, go to commercial. Oh, you know, so he's got his comeuppance for now, but he doesn't... We, it's not the last we might see of Dynamo, though, Daniel. So let's um, keep our eyes out for that. So the crowd are getting really into it. One woman calls out, kill him. But you know what Richards does? He shows Richards. him that he's not the butcher of Bakersfield. He's not Mad Dog... I forgot the next part. He's a decent bloke. And that's what yeah. this movie's really about. A decent bloke. Exactly. Getting that on and taking it to the man. 120%. Exactly right. Exactly right. So he, he gives Dynamo, you know, treats him with mercy. And then, you know, he runs off and Amber says, well, what happened to Buzzsaw? And Richard says he had to split. <laughs> I swear he makes these up himself because yep. no one on set would laugh I don't think like no one would yep. laugh but yep. we're laughing now yeah yep and could you imagine just, just yep. on a side note there could you imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger now these days mm-hmm. re-watching I'd love to if we were ever lucky enough to get some time with this Greek god um I would love to sit down and watch like some of his old movies with him just to see his reaction. Ah, you know, the noises he makes. Like he's trying to... He's having some sort of fit or something. Would, do you reckon he'd be embarrassed or would he be proud of his work? I mean, that's... I, that. I, look, I think there are some... I'll, I'll give you my personal opinion and who knows, one day, one day, it might be the case that we will get someone from one of the movies that we're watching... And they're not films, they're movies. We're going to get someone from one of the movies on, okay? I, I think we will. We'll get to the I, bottom of it. We'll get to the bottom of it. I think that there are many action stars that have absolutely no sense of irony about the movies they've done, and we will cover those in due course. I think with this one, Arnie knows he's taken it. He's made a lot of money already. He's got nothing to prove. He's taken. It's just time piss. for some fun. He's taking yeah. piss. I think. Yeah. So. We, uh, yeah. Uh, Kill- so Killian's trying to keep the crowd under control and they start booing Killian and, and you know, booing, booing the stalkers. And then, you know, Weiss is, you know, Googly Eyes is fucking dead. Weiss is fucked. He's dead. And luckily, though, luckily, on his legacy lives in Amber's memory because she's remembered the code. 
and uh, we learn that the underground has the broad... Not only do they have access to this code or the radar uplink... I, look, I really, to be honest, can't say I was following this too well, but they have a broadcast centre in Quadrant 4. Don't let us die for nothing, Googly Eyes said. Oh, was it, I don't know if it was... I can't even remember. I think it was Googly Eyes. Something like, don't yeah, let it was something like that. Don't, don't let us die for nothing. I don't want to be the but only asshole y- y- in heaven. That was a good line. Yeah. Probably a pretty good line, actually. Fucking Did you skip... I've just... Just want to be sure here. Did you skip Wiseman getting killed? Steve, yes. A.K.A. Young Stephen King? I did. If you thought this guy was a wimp, I mean, I don't think I even heard him squeal when he got zapped with lightning. He just took it like a man or took it like a, took it like a, a strong nerd. woman, strong man, strong nerd. It's like he, it's like he upgraded. I know, we, I know we spoke about Mario before, but before he got that jolt of lightning by the Christmas tree dude, he ate that mushroom and turned into a big Mario. And I was very proud of him on that point. Yep. Um, googly eyes yes. in the other bit. One chainsaw hit, it's all over. Come on. I expected more of a fight. He took Arnie, He took Ben Richards on in the prison yard, rolled up his sleeves and went one-on-one and had a bit of a go. Getting taken yep. out with a little flesh wound with a chainsaw, I was very disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, look. I, but I think... look, it is what it is. And look, they're, they're gone. Vale... Um, you know, two great warriors on this odyssey were vanquished by the enemy. And now Richards, he's the one that has to take the mantle now and fulfill fulfill their mission. So we have uh, this sort of sad version of the, now in light of the two deaths of the film score, which is still fucking kicks ass. I love it. And they're Music's interrupted great. by, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're interrupted by Killian who addresses him via the CCTV system. So I don't think the audience can see this, obviously. And he talks to Ben and he actually says, hey, mate, you're doing a great job. Hey, you know, start sucking up his ass and all this. And he says, say the word, Ben, you could be the one doing the stalking. And he offers Ben Richards a job as a stalker. So he's out, if you can trust Killian, but he's out. And He threw him a bone. He did. <laughs> so... Ki- <laughs> so- Richards replies by saying, I'm going to reach into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. <laughs> now, Love things it. aren't going... Yeah, things aren't going well for Killian. The Attorney General's on the phone now. He's pissed off. Um, and He's probably not getting his coffee handed to him when he walks past anymore. Exactly. Shit's getting real. Yeah, shit's getting hard for him, and the ratings are probably pretty good, but for the wrong reasons now. So the worm is really turning, and... We have another crafty veteran stalker who's called to wardrobe mm-hmm. by the name of Fireball. So he's called Fireball, Daniel. If you can picture this, and I know you've seen the film, but I'll fill you in anyway, and you know, for the listeners at home. He's called Fireball because he his weapon of choice is a flamethrower. So yep. okay, are we tracking that? Yep. Okay. Any questions? Uh, just on his costume. <laughs> okay. Fire away. Um, so it's building up to like the the veteran stalkers now, like the, yep. the cream of the cream, the the gold medalists, the best of the yep. best. Best of the best. I saw a guy. I saw a guy fireball. To me, yep. it looked like MC Hammer. MC <laughs> Hammer. Wrapped up in tin foil, like a silver jumpsuit, 
Now the silver jumpsuit. Now I know they're trying to predict the future here, so I got to be I got to be nice about it, right? Do you know that silver stuff you put on the windscreen of your car to stop your car getting hot and burning your hand on the wind on the on the steering wheel? I do. That sort of silvery. I, I that sort of silvery. Bunnies, yeah. Yeah, yep. so that silvery sort of crappy looking thing. No one yeah, likes like the look of it. Let's foil. be honest. Like it sort yeah. of a foily. This guy thing. Yeah. had a full jumpsuit. Like this is his costume design. Yep. You know, we go all out for Ben Richards yellow jumpsuit, uh-huh. which I might add has a little Adidas sponsorship. If you if you guys watch closely, you'll see a little oh, Adidas insignia. Just yeah, on his yeah. sort of shoulder, you'll see. It. So this guy's wrapped in tin tin foil. MC yep. Hammer looking dude. Eighties mm-hmm. buzz cut, massive hair, yep. and then to yeah. top it all off. To yep. do something with his face, what are we going to do? Are we going to give him scars? Are we going to give him makeup? Are we going to give him a mutt? We're going to give him a pair of fucking safety glasses. <laughs> a pair of $2 safety glasses, and this guy's <laughs> going to roll out with a big-ass flamethrower with some shitty $2 safety glasses from your local <laughs> hardware shop. And that's an 80s veteran stalker. Unbelievable. That's. Yeah, I mean, he looks 90, tough. He looks tough. He looks 90, tough. He does look tough. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he's pretty jacked and, you know, like, we can tell now that Richards is in a bit of trouble and, you know, you can't take fireball lightly and you can see that because he practices with his flamethrower on uh, some cardboard. Oh, yeah. So the bit shot of a, Bit of a him. flex. Bit of a uh-huh, flex. Yeah, yeah. He's ready to fuck shit up. So the shot cuts to an older man in the crowd who says twice when fireball comes on, He's my hero. He's my hero. And pensively, Daniel, Captain Freedom watches on, seemingly knowing what's inevitably coming. He looks at a photo of himself in his prime and wonders. So Fireball also happens to have possibly, you've mentioned the costume, but they could, I mean, it, it has to be the shittest looking jetpack I've ever seen in any film. Oh, I forgot about the jetpack. What are we um, going to do? Kill some weeds? <laughs> Get the roundup. Yeah, that will round up. Do you Get know the roundup on my back? The roundup probably, give it a few years, the roundup would be as dangerous as the, the flamethrower. Allegedly. Well, true. You know what else? Allegedly. Do you know what else it yeah. could be? Allegedly. Do you know what else yeah. could be? You know those vacuum cleaners you rock on your back? Yes. Yep, that would have looked like a cooler jetpack. That would look like a cooler jetpack. Used to, jetpack used one of those to clean the, the shop floor back in the day uh, when I worked in retail, as you might remember, Daniel. Um, yeah, I also worked in retail yeah. at the same place as you, mm-hmm. and uh, I do also remember using those um, particular vacuums. Yeah, I think you. Fancy. Used to we could do a whole podcast about that place yeah. in the future well, one day if anyone's used interested. To use the the jetpack vacuum, and then I got a job there, and you told me that I had to do the vacuuming from then on, and then I had to do the vacuuming. So anyway. Um, Another old duck uh, gets to <laughs> a stork, uh, who they think uh, will make the next kill. And she replies, and this is where we know that things are going really badly for the show. Old old duck replies, I think the Nin- next kill... 90 years old. Yep. The next kill will be made by Ben Richards. And then, um, uh, you know, Killian sort of says, well, he's not a stalker, you can't really say that. And she says... Do you remember this line, Daniel? Oh, yeah. I, can pick I know this is anyone, coming. I can pick anyone I choose, and I choose Ben Richards. That boy's one mean motherfucker. And I remember when I was a teenager, <laughs> I thought this was the funniest thing I've ever seen in, you know, in my life. So the bookies are starting taking bets for Richards to win. Um, fire, yeah, I don't know why they're doing that. 
because surely if they're bookies, um, you know, like, and, and the tide is in, things are in Richard's favour. Like, I'm not sure if I understand odds correctly, but if you bet on, if you let someone bet on Richard's, chances are they'd have very high odds of not winning, which means that the payout for Richard winning would be very, very high, yet he's completely kicking us. So basically you're letting people take bets on someone who had very, you know, bad odds of winning that you would have to pay out if they won, but they're doing really, really well, which means to me, says to me that the bookies are liable to lose quite a lot of money by doing that. But maybe I'm just... Well, someone's going to... Look, someone's going to make some money. I'm, I, I, couldn't, I can't remember the odds, but I think... Yeah. I think now the odds are that Ben's going to win, and betting on yeah. him is going to you're going to win you're going to win less money if you bet on yeah. Richards, yeah. but okay. you're better to take less money for a win than bet on the stalker uh-huh. who's going to lose. Yeah, who knows? Well, I mean, this is yeah, this is why I don't work at the TIB or Paddy Power or whatever. But anyway, so Fireball turns up and he's got his bullshit flamethrower. Amber and Richards run into a building to seek cover. They almost get incinerated. An old rich guy, you know, rich guy claps and he hasn't clearly swapped sides to Richards yet because he's one of the elite. You know, he he doesn't want Richards to win. Yep. He's buying into he's the... He's on the fence, of, maybe? Yeah, the butcher of Bakersfield, QAnon conspiracy. Uh, yep, so Richards starts throwing a few barrels, Donkey Kong sort of barrels, and he, um, you know, I, I did find it interesting that Fireball uses the flamethrower and he sets the petroleum in the barrels a lot or on the floor you know even though there are fuel shortages according to the opening credits they've got some lying around there seems to be plenty of fuel the there show. yeah um yeah fireball doesn't die and i think it's actually gotta gotta hate those aluminium. hoarders mate yeah yeah well fireball has an aluminium suit on i think that protects him from fire he's stony faced except for his face <laughs> his stony, well, face. His stony yeah. face protects him from flames and yeah. the safety glasses just give him of course x-ray vision or something i don't yeah. know yeah and you know amber then discovers daniel a dead body hanging upside down a skeleton down next to her. or a it's rotting a corpse well it's a, i think it's a skeleton it's been there for a while anyway yeah and she screams. Yeah. And do you know who this is? It's, I it's have fucking, a very good idea who it is. It's fucking Whitman. And next the to the previous him, winners, she, check, she checks the dog tags on him. You know who the other other two are? It's Price and her dad. And they never all dead. Won. They never won the Running Man at all. They were so fucking killed. No one's won the away. Running Man now. No one. It was all a big lie. There's no Maui. There's no trial by jury legal rep it's all been a big fucking conspiracy it's just death it's death that's that's the only fate that awaits a runner in the running man so no one had any chance you can't believe anything Killian says you know the whole thing's a big conspiracy and a big lie right Mm -hmm. and I was shocked shocked when I found this out so um uh, so they're there and last season's losers uh, what they're referred to Fireball uh, breaks <laughs> Fireball. up this discovery, though, and he's about to torch Amber, but Richards, out of nowhere, severs his gas line. How about a light, he says. Throws something flammable at him. He blows up and is incinerated it, and dies. Was it a flare? He throws a flare Must, at him no. or something? Uh, that he just found... Yeah. Maybe Wiseman or one of those well, guys was carrying a flare, potentially? Yeah, that's it. Yep. In case... Yeah, so... He has this horrific death. 
Arnold eulogizes him. What a hothead. And we Again, those punchy one liners. Now there's an announcement, Dan. And well, we're that's here. all. So just to be, just so yep. we know this, Go that's on. all the yeah, stalkers yeah. are down, right? All well, the stalkers are down. Yeah, that's right. But there's Except one more. Except for. Well, we hear Captain Freedom to Wardrobe. Now, we did forget that good old Dynamo didn't. He's down but not out. Recharging the battery somewhere. But Captain Freedom's called out back from retirement. And he's the only option they have left. So in the next shot, he walks into the mixing room wearing what could best be described, I'd call, like it looks like something I made in a grade three science project. And he says, this is bullshit. I won't do it. Even though he's clearly dressed up and ready for battle. And he rips all the stuff off. And he says, I was killing guys like this 10 years ago with my bare hands. So the characterization here I found really interesting, Daniel. Because Captain Freedom, he's not just kind of like a, a putz that does whatever he's told. But he's a man who is like a gladiator. He's a warrior. He has, he he's has a, a warrior. warrior with honour, a sense of honour. And now we're yeah. going to find out why he's so annoyed in a minute. Because he's not going to be fighting a fair fight. And then uh, I think Killy, I think it's Killian that says, What's the matter? Steroids made you deaf? Which is a bit of a... <laughs> a classic line. Yeah, good Very, one. A classic so Captain Freedom exits and the dancers are back. So you can see they're doing some high trek techniques. Cue the crab walk. Now. Cue, yep, that's cue it. the crab walk. <laughs> we need crab walk in five, four, <laughs> yeah. Cue so crab. What's happening behind the scenes is a bunch of dorks are doing a bit of technology again. And we understand why Captain Freedom's so pissed off because he's going to be pretending to kill a stunt double. So it's all propaganda. And this is sort of an ambition yeah. of defeat, isn't it? Like, Killian knows he's not going to be able this to kill... This bit was good. Exactly. He can't kill Richards fairly, so they have to do it. Um, and out of nowhere, um, you know, while they're doing that, old mate from earlier on, Mick, just comes out of the sewer. Did you get that bit? Just just pops out like one of the Ninja yeah. Turtles. So we're back with Richards and Amber in the Running Man game, and apparently the revolutionaries have a lair right under the Running Man game. Um, the whole Richards time. Make, he, he makes a very valid point, Daniel, that they might have intervened marginally sooner to save, you know, uh, Googly and, and Weiss's life. But not all is lost. The, Amber breaks the tension, and she says they have the code. They're interrupted by a special announcement. And then on the TV screen, we see the the CGI fight with the deep fake. Beverages. That was lovely. That was lovely. And and, and Amber's in yep. that too, right? Amber is. She gets Doesn't her he, neck broken and thrown does, yeah, into the snaps her neck off. And fucking she's, you know. Loved it. Captain Freedom spear tackles the fake Richards into spikes on the wall. And there's a great, uh, awesome, awesome close up of his bloodied face on the screen. And Richards now knows that they're going to send in the police and army and, and kill them both. Um, and Tony's there, you know, talking up his IT skills. We learned that Killian had the stunt double killed, sacrificed him, you know, for the greater good. And the revolutionaries yep. are back now, Down, We cross-cut back into the, you know, the lair. And good old... Um, <laughs> Good old Rob your car stereo and take it down to cash converters, Stevie. Stevie. With beret. Yep, he's back. Stevie with a beret. And, you know, they're all armed. There is revolutionaries and they're ready to go. Richards 
reluctantly but nobly offers to lead them. And he rationalises this by saying, I told Killian I'd be back and I wouldn't want to be a liar. So old mate's going to send the uplink code and go into the air, all this, you know, kind of cacophonous bullshit about the uplink code. And Amber gives her um, the original, uh, gives, sorry, old mate, the original Bakersfield Massacre video. So she's, but she's just kind of what, tucked into a, well, tucked yeah, into like, a, a running man outfit? Well, when they made her change into the running... Oh, well, yeah, sorry. She does explain this, though, Daniel. I was about to criticise the film, but they do explain this. Richards asks, where did you hide that? And she replies quite uh, seductively, it's none of your business. Ooh, well. There we go. It's not going to be between her toes, is it? (laughs) So Richards leads a team. Richard. Sorry, I was about to burst out laughing. I don't Richards, know where I come up with that Richard. from. Richards leads a team of lads dressed like they're, they're at a LARP game, live action role play festival to attack. You've got to understand, uh, the, these yep. these resistant fighters, everyone, like we mentioned, yeah. I mentioned Michael Jackson before. You know the Beat It yeah. film clip where they tie each other's hands up and they're trying to knife fight? I'm Maybe not everyone's watched the. I know you and I've watched the film clip because we lo- we yeah. used to well, laugh it's a about pretty it. But... Indie, um, it's a pretty indie song, isn't it? Not many people have heard it. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> not very mainstream. But but if you watch that video clip and you see all these ga- <laughs> these bad guys in Michael Jackson yep. beat it, um, yep. that's what the revolutionaries look like. They got the berets. They look like they could yep. do you know modelling or they they're in those those photos yep. at hairdressers. The, the hairstyle that you you look at and go. Meh. You never see anyone uh, ever look that good. One of those. It's like those. They're just. Yep. <laughs> yeah, one of those. Can I have that? Can I have a haircut like that? And they look at me and say, "Well, you're a receding hairline. You're not going to be honest, are they? Let's be honest." Yeah. Well, Lando yeah. Bloom, I want that haircut. I'm still going to look like a yes. fucking <laughs> hat full of assholes, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's just to paint the picture, there's all these like pretty dudes. Yeah. You know. I'll have the nine nine like four Mel Gibson. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I love. So <it>. anyway, <laughs> so they're running in the music here. Like, if you're watching the film, or yet yeah, if you haven't watched the film yet, and you know, I, I do suggest go check it out so you understand what we're talking about. The music here is really, really, spe- really special. And we learn, you know, the dancers are dancing for the wrap-up show. Old mate uploads a really nicely edited video, a bit like some of the uh, the Australian elections going on at the moment. I've seen a couple of them. It's a bit like that, you know, a bit of propaganda, but it's the truth now, unlike the yep. videos in the Australian election. And we learned the true fates of Whitman, Price and Haddad. So everyone knows that the promise of the running man's bullshit. And then we see the real Bakersfield massacre. Stevie busts through the door, goes into the editing room. Don't touch that dial. And... I mean, it's, you know, the actor who played Stevie, as we know, went on to, you know, he had the Academy Awards and, you know, uh, you know that sort of career on, on Broadway thereafter and everything, and I think that was the line that did it for him. So Killian cites technical difficulties to the crowd and he's kind of pedalling backwards and trying to control the situation. Panicking, sits, panicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard arrives and he echoes the original... Um, you know, catchphrase from the show, it's showtime and there's a fucking big gunfight. <laughs> Richard's the hero. Um, wants the revolutionaries to kind of help the people out. Even Amber gets in on it and ices someone. But then Daniel, for the third time, we have a quasi, you know, rape-ish uh, creepy scene where Dynamo attacks her out of nowhere. 
she punches him in the nuts after calling a, and I quote, She seems to be good at that, yeah? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, She calls him a dickless moron with a battery up his ass, and then disturbingly, he states, I'll show you dickless. And for the third time in the film that I've counted, the spec what I could only best describe as the spectre of sexual assault looms large over the narrative, which is uncomfortable. But we'll move back to the gunfighting. So Richards is smoking all these pieces of shit, Nazi kind of security people. Stevie yeah, kills little goonies. One. Everyone's in on taking the them goonies. out. Yep. One shot, one up. kill. Doesn't reload. All the things exactly. you'd expect. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so the crowd watches on. Uh, the broadcast is still live, but they're not saying anything. Uh, Killian tries to escape. Hello, echoing his words from earlier. So things come full circle with this. Hello, cutie pie. Rich's security guard, though, rocks up in time, whose name, I believe, is Sven. And Killian says something about... Uh, sorry, Sven says something about steroids. So now Sven, who's a jock, uh, jacked-up gym junkie, and Richards, who's a jacked-up kind of gym, massive guy, you know, they're acting in solidarity against the nerds, the pencil pusher, you know, low dog. The talent rats, agents. You know, talent lawyers. Exactly. Yep. Nerds. So Killian starts to backpedal and he tries to justify his actions. Oh, Americans love their television. They win their kids on it. And Richards replies, I haven't been in show business as long as you have, Killian, but I'm a quick learner. So I'm going to give the audience <laughs> what they want. He then somehow has the technical knowledge to supercharge the bobsled. Killian is in the bobsled. He gets sent down into the game show area and he crashes into a sign of himself somehow explodes. <laughs> that ties up his villain arc, you know, as he's a narcissist and everything and he ends up dying by crashing into a picture of his own image, you know, his own false eye. And he's, when he's going down the tube, again, it's mm. all the G's on his face. His mm. face looked like a parting, a parting ass cheeks. Yeah. The G-forces I mean, that he was suffering. Because yes. he's yeah. such a wuss, uh, like weakling, compared to the other people in the tube. And his I mean, his body couldn't handle it like that. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yep. it's all messing up. His face yep. looks like two arse cheeks flopping in the wind. <laughs> and he goes shooting out like a missile. Someone moved to safety net. Don't know what happened there. Mm-hmm. Straight into the billboard. Massive Bang. explosion. Fucking done. Okay. So, uh, well, that hits the spot is the comment that is made thereafter. The crowd goes wild, <laughs> proving that they're truly idiots. They'll just change their opinion on a five-cent coin. You know, they hated Richards. Now they love him. Um, but they know the truth now. And, uh, I mean, again, it's it's pretty actually spot on with the way people are about a lot of things a lot of the time. So, you know, insightful in its own way. And then we have the closing score, this is no game. Standing in the dark, I swear, I heard you calling my name. Richards and Amber, who have grown romantically affectionate towards one another as they've been trapped in the jaws of death together and Vice is dead, kiss. And the crowd go absolutely apeshit. The jock gets the hot chick and they head off into the sunset. The screen in the city flicks to please stand by and the credits roll. Restless Heart by John Parr who also wrote St. Elmo's Fire uh, plays. And Daniel... Awesome soundtrack. I'm going to finish the film by asking you, please, to recite the code that Amber had to remember in order to successfully complete the satellite uplink. Please take it away. 
Look, I'm going to be brutally honest. I remember 1717 and B. So I hope people listening yep. uh, to the podcast, okay. you know, and look, just between me and the listeners, if you wrote it down, no one's going to know. Uh, I remember three, four letters, man. I, I, okay. I have no idea. Yep. And I hope you enjoyed playing that one at home. So, mate, at the end of the film, all the loose ends are tied up. The The guy gets the girl, even though he wasn't, didn't, you know, I mean, it wasn't a, there wasn't a romantic moment between them in the entire film until the very end. So, um, married you know, at first sight, like after you kill the bad uh-huh. guys. <laughs> and, yeah, the, you know, uh, you know, the, the forces of good prevailed over the fascists, forces of evil. And, look, I'm not sure how society turns out thereafter if oil prices, you know, I mean, obviously there is no oil, but... You know, Dynamo had an electric car. Maybe they can sort of adapt that technology to... Uh, look, I don't know what they're going to do now. But look, the world's a better can, place because can, Richard... They can make him into a battery. They can make him into a battery. Yeah, yeah. They power a couple of fridges or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to give you an idea on how the film went, look, it did moderately well. It wasn't the biggest by any stretch of the imagination of Arnold Schwarzenegger's films um, or D'Souza's, you know, the ones that he's written. Um the director Glasser, like he did a few things, still you know into quite recently as an actor. In I'm not sure he had the biggest director's um, filmography going on. Uh, there are no sequels, unlike a couple of Arnold's films. Um, there were no sequels to tarnish its legacy. However, there is a remake currently in production, as we speak. So, Daniel, what do you reckon of this one? Sorry, I wasn't aware that there's a remake being made. Uh, is that is that real and uh, correct? I'll just reread what I just said. Uh, there are no sequels made to tarnish its legacy. However, there is a remake currently in production as we speak. I'll just have to let that soak in a little bit. Um, why would you fucking remake that? It's a classic. Do, Leave it be. Do you, do you think that in 2022 that's a movie that we need to have certainly not i think um well okay. it's perfect the way it is it's perfect the way it is it's aged yeah. well apart from some of the you know the, the rapey stuff is probably it, poor I, I taste say, pers- personally I think, Dan, when you said that I, I didn't want to interject i think those parts um definitely have not aged well I'm not sure in the 80s if people not that. thought that. Like, did, in the 80s, did people think that sort of shit was okay? I don't even know if they thought it was okay then. But Look, in fairness, I, I was, I'm 82 born, so I, look, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I think the, the rapey stuff has pretty made it uncomfortable to watch now and, and may or may not have been back in the day. But I think that the movie overall was aged reasonably well. It's like... Uh, you know, you want to sit down and watch an action movie and get a bit of a bit of a stiffy over it. See some people get shot. Is it as graphic as some of the other movies he's done? Not really. Mm. Uh, Chico's I- head blowing up was probably my highlight. Uh huh. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. for an action for an action movie, mm. how many stiffies out of five would you give it, Sam? I'm going to give it two and a half. Stiffy. Well, yeah, I suppose that's the yeah. Yep. Um, how many? Yeah, I'd probably give the, what I like about it is it doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, it knows there are the movies that we're going to watch that are shit, but they don't know that the movie's shit. Whereas I think everyone who was in on this were kind of in on the joke, weren't they? You know? I think so. Yeah, I believe so. So having said Pretty that... Pretty lighthearted about it. Yeah. I mean, this isn't Terminator 1, is it? 
which is a serious movie. No. Know? And even Predator no, is right. kind of marketed as a serious, you know, this is not that. I'd actually go as far to say I would give this uh, 2.2, uh, maybe th- I'm going to go to 3.5 phallic um, symbols out of 5. I'd actually say I'd give it that. I think, you know, it does, it does what it says on the box. Ooh, it's not bad school. Not bad school. Look, there's a bit to it, you know. Um, you know, I, I I think, you know, there are some pretty. They're not subtle, but there's some comments on the way that people will believe anything that they're told, and the way that the media can manipulate us and all that. I don't know that sort of stuff. I think, you know, at a very entry level, um, in terms of how intelligently it's done, I actually think that's good, uh, and I th- I like the, the the humor and it's good as well, and the violence. Let's not forget the violence. So yeah, three point five for me, mate. Very good score. Very good score. So I think that sums up our podcast for today in relation to The Running Man. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, So we'd like to thank all the listeners. Yeah, like we Um, said before, um, at the the start, at the top of the show, if you want to help us out, uh, do like and follow us wherever you're getting the podcast. We'll be out there on social media, so make sure you search us out there. And Daniel, it's been a pleasure, my friend. And next week, we've got a very big podcast coming your way. Very hot, hot, hot. But don't worry, we've got the best cooler in town. Peace out. I can practically taste this pina coladas already.